can be a great people, Kalel. They wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. For this reason, above all, their capacity for good. I have sent them you, my only son. Back to the comic book bullies with Nerds New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, aka the Prince of Darkness. Uh, that don't sound right coming from me. Uh, with my co-host. Uh yeah, this is Eli, aka La Flama Blanca. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're back with another episode. I'm trying to see what topic we should start off with first. Let's let's start with this topic first, Eli. Why we didn't record on the fourth. Okay. Is it because we're too woke or because I, probably landed on us? Or I I, I just was busy doing too much shit so i was like i didn't want to like you know be all tired and not be my my normally lively self okay. so you're you let your, your 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 social life get in the way of a i did man. i was partying and shit yo yeah. <laughs> how, how dare you <laughs> you have upset everybody especially yeah. that dude from the last episode that was masturbating listening to us yeah right? titty clubbing i was titty clubbing <laughs> and you know you know Smoking crack and beating hookers, yo. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the last episode, like the first 15 minutes, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, just go a little bit deeper. Like I said, the reason we didn't record on the fourth, because like I said, Eli has stuff to do. Plus, honestly, Eli, I couldn't record anyway because I was at home. And I, I'm sorry, I was at work. I was at work, so I couldn't record anyway. Which is so, like your home. You live there. <laughs> I'm pretty much there. I'm either working or podcasting. There is no in-between. That's, that's one of the other. And you're not the only person that said that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Even my parents left, they left out of town, left, uh, went to go somewhere else. They actually didn't want to come. I'm like, no, time and a half. <laughs> I'm staying here, you know. There you just, go. Yeah, so I'm just staying here. But uh the thing about it, you know, like I said, it's uh we didn't boycott or we celebrate, even though we know the fourth July means different things to Eli and my people compared to other people in the you know in the United States, but that's neither here or there. Like I said, I'm pretty sure. Uh, people were barbecuing and celebrating all over the place. If you go to a uh, any black barbecue that was yesterday, because there were plenty of them, one thing's for certain, they were not celebrating Independence Day. They were celebrating the four. That is a difference. Yes, there was ribs. Yes, there was barbecue. Yes, there was burnt burgers and shit like that. Yes, there was corn on the grill. Why is there corn on the grill? I don't know. But the one thing you will not see at a black barbecue on the fourth is the American flag. <laughs> that won't happen that's one thing i did appreciate about the falcon and winter soldier show that did come out you know early this year that people have already forgot about and moved on to something else because they did address the you know the the duality of saying like uh a person of color or just anybody representing the american flag where they don't appear to be the ideal american and i'm segueing eli to this because like i said i told you i was gonna talk about this we're gonna talk about this like I said, we're talking about uh, Shakar, Shakar with uh, Richardson. Now, okay. like I said, she if you want to say the same parallel between now, people say they can't see the parallel between Marvel Universe and between the real world. Oh, it's too fantastical. This is what they're talking about. 
she's representing the American flag. She's going to Olympics as an Olympian, as a U.S. Olympian. I mean, she's representing the U.S. flag. However, like I said, we saw what happened to her this week earlier. You know, like I said, she got uh, basically she violated policy, which is honestly, I think it's a dumb policy, but she still violated policy anyway. She uh, got banned for 30 days for drug abuse. And guess what? It was weed. She got banned for weed. And mm-hmm. weed is not even a, a performance enhancing drug. Like Eli, how many comic books we review every week? Not once have we reviewed a superhero that got his powers from weed. Not once. <laughs> so, but at the same time, she gets banned for that. So I think that's pretty stupid. They didn't change that law. She even, it's legal where she smokes at. So I think the Olympics need to change that rule. Not only that, but it's another rule that came out also. Not just her, while all this stuff was going on and she got all the press like that. They didn't say anything about uh the blacks uh female swimmers that uh caps got banned the swimming caps got banned like if you have natural hair you can't use the same swimming caps as other women in the olympics but they banned theirs so that's another thing that just flew in the rug also so i think all these things need to be addressed looked at or just thrown out i mean it's a dumbass rule anyway like who still bans for wheat nba don't nfl don't mlb don't major league baseball but the olympics that don't even pay the athletes ban that's that's a dumbass rule you know I like it like one NBA player, like LaMelo Ball said, if it ain't crack, let her run track. So that's my thing. Now, yeah. I do want to say one thing. We need to stop putting Michael Phelps' name in this shit. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Michael Phelps. <laughs> Everybody's saying, well, if she did that, they didn't do anything with Michael Phelps when he did it. Bullshit. They drug Michael Phelps when he got caught with weed. He didn't even get, he didn't even test positive. He was, it was a pick from years ago. Where he got caught with weed. And I'm not going to post a big because YouTube trips a lot. But everybody remembers when it happened. He lost all the kind of endorsements. Uh, they called him all kind of crackhead and whatnot and everything like that. Not only that, he got banned 90 days. So people saying, uh, keep that same energy you did with Michael Phelps. No, don't keep that same energy. Because if that was the case, she'd be going 90 days instead of 30. So shut the fuck up. Stop bringing Michael Phelps' name into it. So I, I, Wasn't Michael Phelps canceled for some shit? That's what he got canceled for, for weed. That's it? Yeah, we. That's really? it. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't fondle anybody or something. No, something oh, okay. no. He a, a <laughs> picture of him smoking weed and from a bong, uh, resurfaced. It's actually a like a couple years old picture that re- resurfaced. He got banned, canceled, called kind of names, all this stuff, and he didn't even test positive for the Olympics. So they got him for that shit, you know. So the Olympics need to like rethink their positive like that. That's my thing. That's what I think. But at the same time, this is one of the reasons why black people don't celebrate the Fourth of July. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> of bullshit like this. Yeah. Like we, well, yeah. yeah. Well, skateboarding and BMXing is now in the Olympics, and they better not test any of those motherfuckers. <laughs> right. No, they, they're sweating right now. Like, wait, they, they're testing for weed. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! So, cause they yeah they need that shit like that like they need Mountain Dew, <laughs> you know <laughs> they survive off that shit. Uh, let's move on to the next part. Uh, like I said, and normally we normally start with this, but I just really had to get that out my chest. And this one, this next topic, Eli actually hits me. This this hits me right here. You know why? Okay. Let's talk about Richard Donna. Rest in peace to Richard Donna. Yes, I this just found this out like this about an hour happened. ago. This just happened yeah. today. Like this is some big news, man. So yeah, rest in peace to Richard Donner uh legendary film director film director and honestly eli we never gave him his flowers while he was here like for what he really did because he pretty much changed the face of movie making when he came around like we we can talk about lethal weapon 
you know, the omen. I, I don't I don't do horror, but the that first omen, that shit was fantastic. That shit was great. That is a classic. That movie is a classic. Yeah. And that movie actually gave him the leeway and actually got him the job for the movie that I think kind of revolutionized movies as goes as it is now, Superman 78. Like I said, he directed that. And when he directed that movie, it changed, it changed how we look at comic book movies today. Without that movie, without Richard Donner doing what he did with Superman 78, we wouldn't have what we have now. We wouldn't have Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. and X-Men and, and all these other movies that you know that Hollywood at least are shitting on right now. Because Richard Donner set the tone for those movies. There's a lot of tropes that he put in Superman 78 that Marvel is using today. We're talking about a 40-year gap. They're still using this shit. And we're not talking about like how comic movies are today. Let's take it back to like 1978 when these movies come out. Eli, you, you remember all the movies that came out in the 70s? Uh, all those Scorsese movies, Death Wish. You know, there were like Chinatown. All these movies like that came out during uh, the 70s. And then all of a sudden, boom, Superman comes out. Now, back then, superhero movies weren't considered how they are now. They, there was no superhero genre. That, that didn't exist because it was the first movie. So it wasn't like now where, you know, people thinking that, okay, aren't you a little too old to watch the spirit movie? Back then, that was pretty much general consensus. Superheroes are kid shit. That's just what they are. After a while, it's like after you get 10 years old, you stop looking at Superman, Batman, stuff like that. It's not like us 40-year-old motherfuckers that are happy to see when another, you know, Scarlet Witch movie or Black Widow comes out, anything like that. No, back then, after 10 years old, that's what Superman was guarded as, and that was it uh to be honest with you Eli, i think star wars kind of paved the way yeah well jaws star wars superman like yeah yeah that was like it was like the start of movies becoming blockbusters fun. yeah black fun you know because yeah yes the the movies that from the 70s were were depressing they Many were heroes yeah. and and you know and and you know not happy endings kind of like dirty hairy know. also yeah. like that. that's whatever we had you know you know. The most cheery movie we had back then was Smoking the Bandit, you know, and that was about a, yeah. <laughs> a bandit, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about Star Wars that when the movie came out, like Star Wars was also, you know, marketed as a kids movie, not yeah. all family movie. No, kids movie. This is for 10 year olds and under. What they didn't expect was like grown motherfuckers like that shit, too. They, they weren't expecting that. They didn't yeah. know that there was like a subculture that, you know, like they're playing Dungeons and Dragons around the time like that, that would gravitate to a movie like that. So that's when they realized, OK, Superman could hit big, too. Let's make a Superman movie. But Richard Donner, like I said, what he brought to the table was that I'm going to make it where Superman can be believable to people older than 10 years old. That's why the tag of the movie was you will believe a man can fly. You know, well, that yeah, I mean, just the, the technique he uses. Like, you remember the very beginning, how it opens up like this classical Hollywood intro where you see a curtain go like you're watching this big performance you know right um like some classical hollywood film i mean he pretty much used yeah cinema as a way to translate the comic book what 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 would you say Eli? what would you say i said real real cinema yes <laughs> real i had to make cinema. sure I, I had to make sure my ears weren't clogged okay <laughs> yeah and it was just that story standalone story there wasn't 10 movies <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, but no, they he used like yeah classical film techniques to translate the comic book hero, so and it worked, you know. It worked for the time it came in, so yeah, really appreciate that. But like I said, I can keep talking about Richard Donner and the Superman movies. Yeah. We never get, the we, Goonies, we never, the Goonies, he did, he did the Goonies, yeah, 
You know, yeah, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, The Omen is classic. You know, Scrooge is another good one. He, he did Scrooge? He made, well, yes. The Scrooge is like Scrooge. one of my favorite Christmas movies. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's uh, done a lot of cool shit. Tales from the Crypt. He did a bunch of Tales from the Crypt episodes. Nice. You know? Okay. So, yeah. And notice I mean, that we're naming like different genres that he dipped his toe into and killed in all of them. You know, yeah. buddy cop, horror, superheroes, yeah. you know. Comedy, yeah. Kid, yeah, The Goonies was a kid's movie. Right. You know, um, he was supposed to do The Lost Boys, but then did he ended up doing uh, Lethal Weapon instead. You know, there was sort of a time crunch. He he was supposed he was originally supposed to do The Lost Boys and it would have been a completely different movie. It was going to be all about little kids because mm-hmm. he just did Goonies. They wanted to do like another kind of Goonies. That movie. was hot at the time. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, The Lost Boys was originally supposed to be little like, you know, grade schooler kids fighting vampires. But. You know, once it, you know, got made, it turned into teenagers. But, yeah, originally Rich Diner was supposed to do it. But he ended up doing Lethal Weapon instead. So, which, yeah. you know, yeah, the buddy cop, you know. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, Eli. We could, if we wanted to, we could have did a whole Richard, Richard Diner podcast. But we're not going to do that because I actually had a <laughs> whole bunch of stuff going. But, yeah, we will revisit this because, yeah, rest in peace to Richard Diner. We got, we actually got a full plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and knock this out. Oh, uh, what is the next thing we got? Oh, let's. You want you ready to do movie reviews? Sure. I watched the movie. You watched the movie. So we both did our part. You know, <laughs> normally it's just you. Normally this is just your part, and I go somewhere and smoke a cigarette or something like that. But now nah, I'm actually going to show up and do my job. <laughs> so <laughs> let let me knock mine out first. Let me just knock mine out first. Let's go with it. Like I said, the first movie we're trying to talk about is the Tomorrow War. Like I said, this is from streaming. Also, this is from Amazon Prime uh like i said you don't have to go anywhere it is not in the theaters it is just strictly on amazon prime the only way to watch it this is one of those movies that was supposed to come out in the theaters but like i said the whole covid thing stuff like that it got hit so that's what happened so the movie uh i think paramount was the studio this thing they they sold they they sold all the movies every movie that paramount had like around like 2019 2020 they sold them just got rid of them and just made a quick book off of them and you make whatever money you want to off of it so they did the same thing with this movie tomorrow war Starring Chris Pratt. It is a Chris Pratt movie. It is a, a starring vehicle with him. And Eli, I, I liked it. I was okay. expecting it to be like complete shit, but I liked it. I mean, I'm going to just give you a quick rundown of what the movie is. But okay, so here's the thing. The movie is everything. The movie is every sci-fi trope you've ever seen before. You like time travel. You like aliens. You like space marines. You like uh, zombies. You like uh, apocalyptic futures. Here you go. It's all here. It's all in one movie. Now, the execution of it, we can talk about that, but it is what it is. So they throw every single trope they can into it. Chris Pratt does his thing. There were some things in here that I, I wasn't expecting that they did that kind of caught my attention. Like, for instance, like uh, the movie is about like they they, they this future when they have to go to the future to stop aliens from destroying the planet. But they don't want to take anybody that's still alive into the future. So everybody they take is like 40 and up schlubby they don't train them they're fat all this stuff like that lazy the only person like halfway in shape is chris pratt and yes chris pratt is still in marvel shape he you know he has a shirtless in the movie so he's got to do that so but he's like an ex-military soldier he's like telling these you know cooks and used car salesmen go here flank left you know they're like i don't know what the fuck you're saying man so all that shit was funny you know Oh, uh, and I do want to show you this, Eli. One thing that I wasn't expecting was the design of the alien. There we go. Okay, so I want to show you that. They're like, look at the design of them. That's actually probably pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, normally in movies like this, the alien designs just throw away, don't like that. But this was actually like, 
I kind of like it. I dig it. They look cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, that's some other plot twists and turns, stuff like that. Like I said, if this was a movie in the theaters that I paid to watch, I might have been upset. But since it was just a movie, I <laughs> back, chill, relax. It was a cool movie to watch. That's all I got to say like that. Overall, I get the movie either three out of five or 3.5 out of five. I'm trying I'm trying to see. It's somewhere in that range. It's somewhere in that range. I'm Screw it. I'm going to go 3.5 out of five. I'm going to go 3.5 out of 5 because there were some performances that I liked. There slightly were above action. average. Slightly above average. I'm going I'm to say it's slightly above average. Yeah, so that's as, <laughs> that's as high as I can go. Like I said, it didn't blow me. Now, here's the thing. Like, a lot of these movies I watch at, at streaming, like y'all say, oh, you got to watch this movie. Or, you got to watch this movie. It's streaming. It's streaming. Most of these movies suck. Like that last Without Remorse, that Michael B. Jordan movie. I'm like, y'all could have kept that shit. So I was expecting something like that. So when I'm grading on a curve compared to movies like that, yeah, <laughs> this is a, a must-see compared to shit like that. So, yeah. Well, that's, of course, the buzz on the internet is this movie sucks, you know, but that's because, but, you know, you know, but, there's, no gray, there's no gray area. You know, There's no gray area. Yeah. Ones and zeros. That's, we're binary. Yeah. We're binary. But at the same time, you got it. And I, and I looked into that, Eli, because you got to see who's saying this stuff. So, if you yeah, you look at critics and Ryan Tomatoes, they say this movie sucks. And you expect that. I wouldn't expect a critic to like this movie. But if you just want to be mildly in it, because, because the, the story makes no sense. So I don't expect a critic from Rotten Tomatoes to give a, a, a high score to a plot that didn't make any sense. Whatsoever. They even try to explain it. And when they start explaining like the time travel concept, stuff like that, I actually like zoned out. I like paid no attention to anything they were saying. Like, let me know when you stop talking about explaining this shit and get to the, the funny shit. But as far as like the social media, like that, if you actually seen it, that don't watch, you know, 50 movies a week or something like that. They say it's okay. It's, yeah, you know, don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's okay to like like an okay movie. You can yeah, be entertained that's... and turn your brain off and like whatever. You don't have to be, you know, totally blown away or cry, you know, right. <laughs> to like something. You can just like, oh, that that was that wasted a couple hours, and you know, and, that killed some and time. That's, and that's cool. what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a time waste. That's all. That's how I looked at it. I didn't look too deep into it. It was just a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're up, Eli. What, what you got? What you got for me? Well, I, I, I watched Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Now, now, that's thing. Now, I said my movie. Now, you better impress me with this one, Eli. Because I know when I said I, I watched tomorrow, I was like, it's eh. But when you saw this movie, you were just like, oh, you got to see this. You got to see this. So, wow me. <laughs> well, you like Scream, right? Did you like Scream? Fine. No, actually, I know you no, love, I love Scream, Scream, right? I love Scream. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're gonna love this. I was really surprised. Now, this is R.L. Stein. Um, mm-hmm. R.L. Stein is the the author of kids books, usually kids horror books, the Goosebumps series. You know, kind of aimed for kids. Um, I actually read a couple to my to my son when he was little because he was into horror and shit. Um, but then he had another series called Fear Street, which was more aimed at older kids, like young adults, like teenagers. You know, went a little harder than uh, than the Goosebumps series, and I guess this is what it was based on. It's not, I guess, it's not based on any one story, but it's based on that world, the universe. Um, and so when I first heard about this, I'm like, R.L. Stein, it's for kids. It's gonna be, it's gonna, you know, suck. But no, this is not for kids. Well, it can't be for kids, but it's rated R, and it goes hard R. There's some 
pretty solid kills and gore in this movie that kind of caught me quick, off guard. Quick, quick question. Yeah. Is Aria Stout still alive? Isn't he? I don't know. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah. So, basically, this is just a tribute to slasher movies. Um, it's kind of like, kind of like I said, throwback to Scream. You know how Scream was sort of self-aware of the genre and kind of poked fun at it, but never really became a parody, but sort of just, you know, played with the audience expectations of the genre, horror fans who know slasher movies and kind of played with the, their expectations and then totally subverted them. That's what this does. This takes, you know, it knows the genre. It knows the fans know the genre and sort of plays with all the tropes of, you know, all the, you know, all the, all the, the archetype of a slasher film is all in there, but then it, it goes in unexpected places that I didn't expect. Um, fuck it. I'm going to spoil it. You want me to spoil it? I'll spoil the shit. Cause I really want to talk Go about for it. this. Go for it. <laughs> this is like night of the living slashers, you know? So basically what happens in this movie, I'm spoiling this shit. There's some, there's this town and it's got a curse of a witch. This witch sort of was was uh was you know hung hundreds of years ago but she put a spell on a town and every you know every you know 12 years or so uh her spirit sort of possesses somebody and they go on a murderous rampage and this has been happening in this town for decades um and that's what happens somebody gets possessed by her and they go they become a mass killer and they go on a murderous rampage but in this one they find out that you know the spirits are rising. So it, it, halfway through the movie, there's a bunch of sl slashers running around. <laughs> like I said, it's like Night of the Living Slashers. Um, and it was a blast. It was a total blast. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, the characters, I, I really got attached to some of the characters in this movie. I, When some of them died, I was like, oh, shit. I actually like, whoa. I felt bad when some... Some of them die. Like usually, when I'm watching a Jason movie or whatever, I'm I, that's that's the reason you want to see these assholes get killed. You can't stand them; they're annoying. You know. Uh, yeah, my, my yeah. aunt used to laugh her ass off watching those yeah. Jason movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're they're the you know they're rich spoiled rich kids. You know, douchebags partying in the woods. You want you want them to die. You, you know, that's the reason why you're watching it, and then you laugh. This I was like, oh shit, that I kind of thought that was they were funny and cool, and now they're dead. Oh man. You know, <laughs> so so yeah, I I had a lot of fun watching it. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Um, there was a character who was like this little kid. He's all into metal. He's listening to Iron Maiden and whatnot. He knew all about the town's history. He knew about the history of serial killers, and he was like that. You know, that horror metalhead outcast nerd that <laughs> that sort of knew everything. You know, and I I really thought that was cool. He, he lived right. He had oh, yeah. Right. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And he's a black kid. He's a black kid. The black kid who listens to metal, you know. So they're almost like unicorns, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I guess this is the, the start of a trilogy. So this this week, whoa, <laughs> uh, that was me. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like the start of a trilogy. This was part one. It takes place in 1994. Next week they have Fear Street 1978. So they're going to go back to another time in the town's history when another slasher killed a bunch of people at some camp, like like taking homage to Friday the 13th. Camp and Crystal then, Lake. Okay. Yeah. 
And then the third one is going back to the, the origin, 1666. You know, so they're going to talk about like when the witch was actually hung and all that stuff. Um, but so, yeah, I was really, like I said, pleasantly surprised how good this was. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, if you're into horror, you'll it, 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 it does a lot of homages and throwbacks to, you know, to old horror movies. It makes references, you know, to, you know, horror movies, Poltergeist and It and. You know, if you're into Stranger Things, you know, this is like a bunch of kids fighting, you know, evil, you know, running around the town fighting evil and shit. Um, so, yeah, I this is a five out of five for me. I don't give a fuck. Fuck it. I loved it. I, I watched it twice. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect to. Um, but, yeah, I really had a lot of fun watching it. I'm hoping the next two don't fuck this one up. <laughs> but uh but yeah but this one right out the gate was a lot of fun like i said it went in places i didn't expect now that i know sort of the plot now that was sort of the fun the the fun was not really knowing what was happening and um now that i do know what's kind of happening i'm wondering if that's going to carry over into the next two movies you know and you know what i'm saying so i won't be a surprise you know what i'm saying because that was part of the fun like oh shit you know the plot, the plot is kind of thick. It's got a, it's got a, it, 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 you, it's not just, uh, you know, your run of the mill slasher flick, kids get killed and, you know, by a mass psychopath. No, this kind of, the, the plot is a little intricate and you kind of got to pay attention. And that's what I enjoy. So, like I said, it, it, it played with the genre, all the tropes of the genre, but it also subverted them and went in a direction I didn't expect. So, props to that, you know as a hardcore horror fan, I, I, I enjoyed it. So <laughs> nice. Okay. So high recommendation from Eli. So yeah, we can go with yeah. that. If you're uh, into horror, check it out. Check it out. Nice. Okay. And please say you got three. So you said the next one's coming out next week. Yeah. Every week for the next. Yeah. So next week with new one and the week after is the next one. So, okay. Almost like it's, I guess it's almost like a series yeah. where we're yeah, seeing an like episode, a but it's series. a movie. Yeah, but it's a movie. It's a full full length movie. I mean, Mini series. Over Mini series. Maybe? We had yeah. those in the eighties. We had those in the eighties. They kind of disappeared, but that was it was a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean it was this was like almost two hours long. It wasn't just 90 minutes in and out. Yes. It was like actually like like I said, the plot was actually kind of intricate, you know. Um, yeah, check it out, yo. It was dope. So I'll I'll get caught up. I'll get caught up. Uh let me see. Oh. We didn't even talk about the box office. Let's talk about the box office real quick. Like I said, oh, okay. something happened real quick. We can just d- jump in and just get out for it. Uh, let me see. I should have put a meme up, but that's okay. All right, so I'm going to show you the box office, and we can see what was the top. Uh, Eli, take a guess. What was the number one movie of the week? Was it uh, Fast and the Furious again? I'm sure it was. Think about, I haven't done that in about what <laughs> two years. <laughs> that thing you probably can't see it, but I'm just showing you where it is right now. So, uh, Fast Saga, Fast Nine did 22 million this week, was actually a 67% drop off. It got hit, they, they got hit, it got hit hard, Eli. So, yeah, this probably gonna end up being the lowest grossing, uh, fastest movie. Plus, you had Boss Baby, you had uh, Forever Purge, still haven't seen any of those. Let's see where Fast and Furious is right now. Uh, 497. So, Eli, let me ask you this. Have you seen the memes? 
Hell, you shared I some have. with me. They're hilarious. <laughs> I did. You shared some with me. Yeah. So here's my thing. Like, you expect that the movie to, like I said, the, the memes have just taken out. Because the memes actually started last week when we were doing the show. Then I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. But now they just, Facebook and social media just ran it into the ground. I'm just going to show you just a few of them. There's actually a, a whole group page where all of them are coming from. As you can scroll, like, Full House, no, Family Matters, yes. Uh, I'm also a family man myself. Uh, Scooby Doo, yeah. Uh, power fan. I'm trying to find a way. Yeah, you have no power here. Yeah, so all this, <laughs> yeah. The Star Wars use the force. You don't need the force when you have family. So all this stuff is funny. Yeah, when you join us, no, I don't like that. But <laughs> I have an army. The Lord, have, the Lord of the Rings one, where you have my Lord bow of, and you have my sword and you have family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need force. I got family. Now I'm trying to find the one with with Home Alone on it because you know they had oh. uh uh me open family me opening my Facebook meme. People just kind of running out to it. We are family. <laughs> That's pretty funny too. <laughs> now the Home Alone one was pretty funny. Also, the reason Home Alone was funny because they had Kevin McAllister. And he was like, I don't care about family. Fuck my family. Uh, I wish I never had a family. They show him with a shotgun. I was just like, oh, how much prep time does Kevin get before Dom shows up? You know, because I don't know, Eli. Kevin might get him. You know, he might. Uh, what we got, Mr. Bean's family. So all. So here's my thing, Eli. With all these memes just going crazy stuff like that, <laughs> do you think this may have hurt the movies or helped the movies? Oh, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I I don't think it's hurt it. I, you know, it's just the buzz. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. People I know was... how kind of, you know, you know, people know these movies are kind of lowbrow entertainment. You know, they're not expecting this, you know, intellectual, you know, uh, you know, uh, experience from a fast, fast and furious movies. You know, yeah, know so I they're kind of, you know. They're kind of dumb. You leave your mind at, you leave your brain at the door, you know. Um, and this is just a part of that. I mean, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, it. it's funny. It's I'm not saying it's not. It's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. So that, that's my whole thing. But I, like I said, the way the the box office dropped over the second week, Eli, this probably might end up being like one of the lowest grossing ones all time. So it's well, kind of like we still we still we still are in a pandemic. You know, people are still iffy. I'm still iffy. Shit, my people my are, a, a, my AMC Stubbs membership just kicked back in, and uh, I'm like, shit, I don't, I don't know if I want to go to a crowded theater yet. <laughs> okay, okay, right, let, let's test that theory. Over and under, Eli, Black Widow over Fast and Furious opening weekend or under? Oh, shit. Hmm. You mean like opening weekend or just opening weekend? Opening weekend. That's oh. all, just opening weekend. Domestically, uh, that's all. I think what, what, what are steaks? What are steaks? What are steaks? You eat a cheeseburger? Cheeseburger? Pizza? What for me? Sandwich? What, what am I doing? Yeah. What, what, are what, what are steaks? Yeah, what are steaks? What are steaks? Yeah. I don't know. A donut. <laughs> I'll eat a donut if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, 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 what do we do say? Do I get to pick the topping? Do I get to pick? I don't even. Uh, okay, so what, what let's see saying? what the steaks. <laughs> well, let's see what the steaks. Let's see what the steaks are. Okay, okay. So over and under Black Widow. Are you going over or under that it's going to beat Fast Furious Weekend? Like I said, the opening weekend. I think Fast Furious was seventy million. So that means Black Widow has to beat seventy million opening weekend. I don't think it's going to beat Black Widow. I mean, I don't think it's going to beat Fast Nine. The you're, opening weekend of Fast Nine, I don't think it's okay. So, okay, okay. So you're saying that you think Black Widow won't beat Fast Nine's opening weekend? No, just because it's also on Disney Plus. Gotcha. Okay, I, I think it will. 
We got we got a bet going. We got a bet going. Okay, whoever loses, eat a donut. Does the person pick the donut topping? Okay. <laughs> no, let's not pick the donut topping. I don't I don't know what you're gonna have me pick. Plus, I don't want to go out of my way to, to find a donut. Okay. Yeah. And plus, if I win, I don't want to have you eat some some weird shit, you know, mustard donut or some shit like that. <laughs> you might like that. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we talking about next? Uh, let's see. I think the rest of this is nope. I got one more. I got one more topic. Then I'm gonna hand it over to you because you know how we go back and forth with this. I got one more topic I want to talk about. Okay, so let's talk about your boy, Stephen Dorff. Okay, My reason boy. we talk about Steve. Yeah, your boy Stephen Dorff. You remember Stephen Dorff? Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, okay, I just so watched Steven... the gate. I watched the gate like the other night. His old, oh, I haven't seen a little ass kid. And... Yeah, I haven't seen so a movie. He was a little years, ass so kid in '87. He was yeah, uh, his old horror movie called The Gate from the '80s. He yeah, was a, he was I think he was like born, yeah, he was like born into the business. His dad's like a country music singer, some shit like that, whatever, like that. But anyway, uh, he's in the news for I don't know why, but every headline is saying the same thing, Eli. I think he saw Black Widow and he hates the movie or he may not even seen it. I don't even know if he's seen it or not. He's just saying, I hate the movie. It looks like a video game. I feel sorry for Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> she probably got, you know, paid five million, seven million dollars. Good for her. But uh, I, I feel bad for her. So, yeah, Eli, I, the whole time I was reading his comments, I was like, damn, him and Eli would be best friends. <laughs> you know, and Scorsese, there you go. He's the new Scorsese. He's the new Scorsese. So they're pretty much treating him the same way they did Scorsese. But the difference is, at least with Scorsese, you can say what well, Scorsese did this, Scorsese did that to back up his claims. What can you say with Stephen Dorff? That movie you just named, The Stand or whatever it was, The Gate, that came out like when, the, like forty years ago, though. <laughs> yeah. So they'll say people can't even name that. You know, is it Blade? Only, that's the, that's what I was about to say. That's the only thing people can name is Blade. That's about it. He was in that. And that's the thing. He's saying that he hates these superhero movies. He was in the first one. He started the shit. <laughs> like, he, is that is that what he's mad about? That he started the shit? Nobody give him credit for it? And he wants somebody or, to bring up, like, were you in this shit? Or he just thought the movie sucked. You know what? And, and I agree with you, Eli. Maybe that's what it is. The movie did suck. The movie, and that's he just thought it sucked. And uh, as usual, the internet. Oh, oh. <laughs> but what did he you play know? in? He oh. played in blah blah blah. What did you do? Bro? Like you yeah, know, like and and that's my whole thing. Like why is this a big thing? <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the thing I want to get to. We have to keep saying this over and over again. I'm gonna say it again. Just because somebody doesn't like something does not mean it's a personal attack on you. Somebody doesn't like something, they just don't like something. You don't have to go out of your way to attack them. Now, unless he says some shit like, you know, you're stupid for liking these movies, which he might have said in an article. I don't know. I didn't read it. But yeah. <laughs> but that's my whole point. So there's no reason to go out of your way to attack him. Yes, Stephen Dorff says Black Widow sucks. Guess what? Life will move on. We will not, you know... Uh, yeah, Life I'm, still, I'm still gonna see it whether <laughs> yeah and the people that weren't gonna see it weren't gonna see it whether or not steven dorf said it or not so his opinion is just his opinion look my band director said he always said that an opinion is like an asshole they all everybody's got one and they all smell like shit everyone's so, one <laughs> everyone's right everyone's one <laughs> asshole so there's no reason for like 50 million articles of steven dorf who I haven't even heard of since Blade One, shitting on Black Widow, and it's a, it's a news article. It's not. We haven't even seen the movie, Eli. 
we might next week might say the exact same thing Steven Dorff said. We don't know. I mean, we're not Disney Shield. Disney isn't paying us a dime for this podcast. You know, no. now every other podcast that says every Marvel movie is a 10 out of 10 before they even go watch it. Yes, because they get season tickets and premiere tickets to go see this shit. We're yeah. not John Campia. <laughs> we're broke. <laughs> they don't pay us I, shit. I, I so think we, we're the only two who actually liked Aquaman. You know, me, like dudes that liked Aquaman. <laughs> no, Aquaman was Aquaman was popular, I think. Yeah. I mean, other, other besides, we don't understand but, but, Jason Momoa. I, I, I which, see a lot of people always shitting on Aquaman, but you know, I, we actually enjoyed it and gave it a positive review. And, you and, and see, you know, honestly, Eli, you know why? You know why? Because of branding. Now, when people see a Marvel movie, they think, "Oh, it's good. It's automatic." That's why people are so, you know, defensive of Black Black about Black Widow. But when you see a DC movie, it's the exact opposite. DC is associated with shit. That's that's just what it is. Yeah. So when you see DC on the logo, regardless of what it is, you're like, oh yeah, I don't even see that movie. So that's why people were just shitting on Aquaman to begin with, you know. But honestly, I thought Aquaman was just as good as any Marvel movie. I thought it was know? better than most of them. Yeah, honestly, it was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, most most of the MCU are just okay. There's yeah, some and they're standouts much- that are dope, but you know, most of them are just average movies that you know I'll, I've only watched once. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I I I had a all I wanted from Aquaman was for Aquaman to summon a school of sharks on a bad guy. That's what I wanted. They didn't give me that. However, he rode a kraken. I'm good. Yeah. Like just do that. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what else. Yeah, his own pet Cthulhu, and it was right <laughs> <laughs> that he rode in the battle. I'm just like, and the fight, and the fight the- scenes. The fight scenes were better than most of them. Again, most. Marvel action scenes were like, like you yeah. can tell they put money on the yeah. screen. So yeah, so I was just yeah. like, after seeing that, look, they had a, a octopus playing the drums. <laughs> I yeah. was like, after I saw, I was like, Aquaman owes me nothing. You, you can you, tell I, that I, I earn my money. James Wan actually directed the movie, actually directed the action scenes, and not the second unit stunt team. <laughs> right, <laughs> like when they bring a director in, nah, you don't have to worry about that. We got a guy. We got yeah. A guy. No, if you watch James Wan, because James Wan did a couple vast fast movies, right? Didn't he? He did. Yeah. My favorite. He did my favorite. Yeah, yeah. And you can totally tell by watching Aquaman that he he turned Aquaman into a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> like I say, because that's exactly what it was. It was like three movies in one, <laughs> you yeah. know. So, but yeah, but that's the thing I like about it. So yeah, just because people just shit on these superhero movies, and like I said, we haven't seen Black Widow. I'm interested in seeing what people will say about this movie. Maybe people hate it. I mean, because let's be honest with you, Eli. There's no reason for this movie to even exist. No, I mean her story is done. She we we already killed her off. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. Nah, she's done. Her contract is Mephisto. What did Mephisto do? <laughs> is like she right a mutant? The Maybe the X Men <laughs> will show up. <laughs> she sold her soul. Is she right? like how many times did Black Widow die in the comics? <laughs> I mean, Loki showed that there's a shit ton of fucking Infinity Stones sitting in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> right, alligator Black Widow around somewhere. She'll show up. Yeah, but now nah, it's done because Scarlett Johansson's contract is up so she's out of these movies uh kevin feige yeah made some bullshit statement we would love to have her back in some capacity not they're done with them scarjo got better shit to do with these movies anyway so i mean yeah steven Dorff shitting on scarlett uh scarlett johansson for making these movies but yeah okay so she played in a kids marvel movie that's not the only thing she does hell she won two oscars last year doing other shit so yeah so, jo- did you see jojo rabbit that was i didn't see it good. but she won an oscar for it 
And yeah, that, that other Netflix good. movie, yeah, the other Netflix movie with Adam Driver. I didn't. I didn't. Oh yeah, the well, the, 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 yeah, the divorce or whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah, she she won for that. So yeah, so the Marvel movies aren't the only thing she has going for her. She honestly, she probably outgrown these Marvel movies. So she's like, yeah, this was fun for time. Plus, she's like, what, thirty six now? She can't be super sexy, femme fatale like she yeah. was in she's her twenties yeah. anymore. She's a one. She's a mom. Yeah, she doesn't want to eat rabbit food and, you know, salads for fucking six months straight so she can fit into that, you know, stripper outfit she's got to wear. Black <laughs> right. <laughs> right. She's probably done with this shit. She's like, yeah, I did it. It's fun. I made a name for myself. These Marvel movies pay good, but I can move on to other yeah. things. She's probably made enough money where she can now do whatever the fuck she wants to do because she was somebody before she was Black Widow. You know? Right, even though people don't know, like people, oh, everybody won't Robert Downey Jr. come back to this movie. Robert Downey Jr. is not coming back to this shit. Ghost he World. is done with this yeah. shit. Scarlett Johansson was in Ghost World back she in. She was in Home Alone three. Yeah, before in I'm talking about a, a comic book movie that came out oh, way comic before. Bo- the, oh, yeah, yeah, Ghost World was a really good comic book flick that uh, came out way before the MCU was ever thought of, and uh, and it was good. And like, she she's was, a legit yeah. good actress. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. The Horse Whisperer, she was a little kid. I remember from the Horse... I've been watching her for fucking decades now. Now I think about it. Yeah, she was like a little... Well, not a little kid, but I think she was like a teenager. In the Horse Whisperer. Yeah. You know, Robert Redford, fucking romance shit that I got dragged to. But, you know. <laughs> okay. No, I'm pretty sure that's a, that's a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can just feel like the memories hitting you. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I remember that was 2006. That was a shitty year for me. But but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, my point is that she's been doing shit before she became Black Widow, and she can still do shit after, you know. So Right. And, and yeah. guess what? These actors aren't made to just crank out superhero movies. Robert Downey Jr. don't want to do this shit no more. Chris Evans don't want to do this shit anymore. They did their time. They did 10 years of this shit. They don't want to do 20 of this shit. They want to do other things like they did acting before these movies were invented and they're going to do it afterwards yeah. or maybe not. They're going to sit back. Honestly, Rob Down Jr. is probably just like Scrooge McDuck, like swimming in a, in a bucket of his money right now. Like I said, all, all TV shows come to an end. Oh, <laughs> oh we'll see when the Marvel season finale will be. So, yeah, yeah, the uh, season finale happened and now we're moving on to a, a spinoff series. Right <laughs> <laughs> now, it's doing exactly what they are. We got the series going. Yeah, so I mean, but yeah. All right, so let's move on past. Oh, this is all you now, you like this is all you. All right, oh, yeah. let's what see what we it? got. What what we got first? Okay, I don't even know really? what this is. Oh shit, I totally forgot about this. Damn, this I is old. You did. I think this you did. is I just, old. This is like this... Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Dog years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you know FX. Um, they are doing an alien TV series uh, by Noah Hawley. He's the one who's in charge. He's done uh, Legion, which was dope. He mm-hmm. did Fargo, the TV series, which was dope. And now he's doing the alien TV series, which I'm kind of stoked for. Um, but it's not going to focus on Ripley. It's going to focus. I think he's going, uh, it might be a, sounds like it might be a prequel of sorts. It's going to focus on Earth. And focus on the Wayland Utani Corporation and the shady shit that they're doing. Um, and uh, he says he just quoted that he's going to tackle themes of corporate, you know, capitalism and classism. That's all he said. But you know, these neocon fucking snowflakes heard it. Mm-hmm. You know, all these comics get oh alien. 
it's going to be woke now. Oh. <laughs> so now they're freaking out and, you know, these long diatribes about how, you know, PC cancel culture wokeness is can't is ruining their favorite shit and all that bullshit that they're always bitching about. Obviously didn't get it that alien always did deal with those themes. Right. You know, you know we talked fr- about it in aliens, like the second sequel, yes. it was basically like a, a woman's movement movie. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah. The feminism thing aside, They've always dealt with classism and corporate, you know, uh, how corporations exploit their workers. Crew Expendable was the first movie. The Marines were expendable in the third, in the second movie. You know, the prisoners were expendable in the third movie. This is all, those movies are all about corporations fucking over people for profits. You know, so this is nothing new. Shut the fuck up. It's the same old shit. You're an idiot. And uh, let's move on. Now, here's the thing, Eli. Now, only people complain about that being woke. Have you heard about things about He-Man? The Netflix one? No. Is that woke too? Apparently it is. The rumors are, just like you're saying rumors about this being woke, they're saying rumors about He-Man Is He-Man gay? That would be awesome. (laughs) He always was. That's not necessarily here nor there. Now, here's the rumor that's going on right now. He-Man is not the main uh, main character of this movie, uh, of this TV show. Oh, yeah? Tila is. And matter okay. of fact, I think if you even look, I like, I, I don't even think the name of the show is He Man. I thought it's called I think Masters it's just of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. So since He Man's name is in it, they can just do what they want. So basically, Tila is actually the main character or main hero of the story, and He Man is a side character. And when even the rumor of that got out, the same people that are losing their shit over this, losing their shit over that. Oh, oh, this is woke. They're ruining it. Oh, Tila's tits are, are too small. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> My thing is like, why are they so upset over this shit? Is it really that serious? It's okay. They have a woman, Tila. Okay, whatever. Either people watch it and like it, or they don't watch it and don't like it. That's hey, my thing I'm, about it. I'm watching it for Skeletor and Trap Jaw, and that's all I give a fuck about. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, unpopular opinion. I never gave a shit about He Man. That was my thing. I watched the cartoon. I always wanted the toys, but I never got any. Um, oh, the toys were my, awesome. The my toys friends had, yeah, were awesome. My yeah. friends always had them. I didn't get any, um, but I did watch the t- cartoon a lot. So I was a fan as a kid. You know, They had like three animations that they just rotated through the whole show. I saw yeah. that even when I was five years old watching this shit. That one, right. that one shot where he... And right. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this shit is terrible. <laughs> That's just me. I know it's sacrilege to, you know, to disparage He-Man because I know it's a, you know, I don't know what the fuck. It is. I don't give a shit about He-Man. Anyway, this is also you. And I don't want to hear about this because I don't know what this is, but you got really excited when you saw it. So did I? What is this now? Oh, see, many- that's 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 the reaction. That's the reaction you gave me. <laughs> I, this is old too. This is like Wednesday or something. <laughs> So the Many Saints of New York trailer dropped the other day. It is a Sopranos sequel or prequel uh, movie. Um, Sopranos was a TV series on HBO back in like late 90s or, uh, you know, 2000s. It went into the 2000s. Like early Um, 2000s, yeah. Yeah, um, about this mobster, this mob boss who uh, goes to therapy. And, um, you know. Is that what the show was about? Yeah, he goes to therapy and he's struggling with he's a total anti-hero. He's a he's a mobster, but he loves his family. Um, 
you know, he, he's trying to raise his family and deal with his kids and all that family drama. But also he has his other family that he has to deal with. And he's trying, he's juggling the duality, the dark and the light, you know. You mean like the mafia family is actually family family? Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, the, the dark side that he has to deal with, the, the seedy underbelly of his business versus the loving father and husband that he's trying to be, you know. So there was always that, you know, that dynamic, you know. The, the the exploration, the philosophical existential exploration of, you know, becoming the monster if you look into the abyss too long, all that shit, you know, and it played with that because he was going to therapy. He was in therapy. Um, so it was kind of, what was that, Analyze This? Was that movie with De Niro? Yeah, Robert De Niro yeah. and Billy Crystal. Yeah, it was kind of like that, um, kind of, you know, but that was more of a comedy. Sopranos was a more straight up serious, uh, you know, violent crime drama but it dealt with the mob and um yeah i was a fan my whole family was a fan every sunday we'd make macaroni you know i'm half italian i was raised by my grandparents in from brooklyn you know as a kid so i i really that's kind of why i love goodfellas you know what i'm saying so it was so like much. dallas for you like it was my family i guess i did you watch Even, dallas man we, we love dallas dallas was a family event Oh, every Friday. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though we're not Dallas, Texas rednecks, no, like <laughs> J.R. Ewan was like the greatest. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, yes, I'm a half breed. I'm half Italian. That's where my last name comes from, Finero. That's my dad's name. He was from Brooklyn. My mom was from South Dakota. Um, so yeah, I was raised by my my grandparents. His his my his his parents who were loud ass New York Italians. Um, I was raised, that's why, like I said, that's why I love Goodfellas so much, not because it was just a gangster movie, but how the lifestyle was captured, the culture, the food, the banter, you know, it totally reminded me of my family back East um, to the point where like, Hey, that door was on my aunt's house. Like I recognized a door in that movie, wow. okay. <laughs> you know, I like totally really, so I just loved how that movie captured that reality and that's you know kind of what the sopranos is very similar to that it totally you know kind of highlights italian american culture and stuff like that so um but yeah i mean i i love the show i love i mean i fell off towards the end it got a little murky towards the end it's an hbo uh, show it's yeah expected. and yeah. we talked about this on on you know with gomer's podcast uh where we talked about when shows kind of live too long where they're not good anymore like when does a show become shitty you know <laughs> and i think right. this maybe went on a couple seasons too long like happy days when the Fonz <laughs> jumped over shark <laughs> yeah was yeah. didn't he go didn't he fight an alien too <laughs> i don't remember if he did that or not but yeah <laughs> i think he did <laughs> but that's but, actually uh, that's actually the trope jumping yeah. the shark just like that so anytime a show goes up shit they call it jump the shark yeah and of course, the ending episode is infamous for pissing off all the fans because it just, you know, uh, it just ends abruptly. Um, yeah. It pissed off a lot of fans. People, there's, a, of course, it's been analyzed, you know, over the years of what the meaning was. Did he die? Did he survive? Or was it a dream? Was all he ever alive? Yeah, all that he... bullshit. It's been, <laughs> but, it, you know, you know, it, you know, but I saw this trailer and it really goes in deepens the mythology they've been talking about doing a sopranos movies for years they never did but now they're doing it and it's a prequel so it's young tony soprano um of course since you know james gandolfini passed away years ago they got his son to play him 
young, nice. okay. young, young uh, Tony Soprano. And it looks good. It looks good. Um, I was stoked to see it. Uh, I'm excited to see this. So. Now, now, where is this going to be on? What, when, where is this going it's, to be? Well, HBO, I'm sure it's going to be on HBO Max. It's supposed to come out in theaters as well. But okay. yeah, it's is, that, is this for this year or yeah, yeah, really? I think that's the fall. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I might watch that. I've, I've I've never seen a Soprano episode before. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this this is like a standalone flick. I mean, watching the Sopranos, I'm sure you'll get. I mean, watching the trailer, I got all the little references and stuff. It looks like they uh um uh fr- uh they deal with like the race riots in Jersey that happened in the '60s. Um, wow. I think uh, Frank Lucas might be a side character. Oh shit! Okay. This. So, because I mean, did, Frank... did the did the Sopranos ever do that like reference real life people in the a TV little show? bit? Yeah, they they did a little bit. I mean, because like um, I said, that whole Gambino thing was going on around the time when the show was on. Yeah, um, and they dealt with like all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of stuff, like the Russian mob. The, there was the hip hop episode where Tretch from Naughty by Nature, mm-hmm. um, he played a like a rapper that wanted to get more famous, but he, he was all like all the best rappers got shot. So maybe <laughs> if I got shot, I, my record sales would go up. So he pays one of them to shoot him <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up shooting him in the ass. It was hilarious. Oh damn! <laughs> like it was really, it was really for like that dark comedic, you know, that really dark comedy, you know, the show had, you know, I mean, it was mobsters when somebody, you know, like Tarantino or Scorsese, somebody dies, you laugh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see it. So I thought that was a pleasant surprise when they dropped the trailer. Cause yeah, to tell you the truth, I haven't given a shit about the Sopranos in a good decade or two. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it went off the air like 15 years ago, probably longer yeah. than that. So yeah. yeah. And by that, like I said, I kind of stopped watching the last couple seasons. So it was like, I haven't given a shit even before that. So yeah. So to see the trailer and like, wow, that looks good. So yeah, I'm stoked. The only thing I know about them is that Nas sampled their theme song. That's pretty much it. Oh yeah. Got yourself a gun. Yeah. Hell, I'm putting at the end of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, It's got a dope baseline. You gave me, you gave me, you gave me an idea. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right let's move on to the next part of the podcast like i said this is the comic book bullies where we talk about the comic books and eli you had a shitload of books i read nothing because guess what technically this is the fifth week of comics so the fifth week is always the dumpster being of comics because it came out on wednesday so wednesday was still the last uh day of june so and yeah you could always say oh this was the shit week of comics. Yeah, we, you've listened to this podcast enough, we know. But yeah, compared to what we normally review, we had to dig in the crates on this one. Now, maybe you have a different opinion than I did, Eli. I'm just like, man, I had to dig for some Well, shit. a lot but, of my indie books wrapped up this week. So, uh, uh, yeah. So it, I thought it was a it was a full week for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we have two different opinions. We have to do, but that is, that is cool. That is okay. So I'm, I'm going to let you go first and knock out whatever book you want to go. So you're reading Shang or Shang-Chi? You're doing that one? I'm doing Shang-Chi. Yep. Okay. I'll let you do that. And the Versus cat. the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Okay. I'll do Beta Ray Bill. Cool. Okay. Beta Ray I was Bill. On, I was on uh, Gomer's podcast last night. He reviewed it also, so I kind of know where this book is going, but I'm a, I want to get your opinion of what, what you thought about it. So. Okay, so yeah, Beta Ray Bill, number four, Daniel Warren Johnson, writing and doing the uh, inking. Um, okay. Uh, Mike Spicer as the colors. Um, basically, Beta Ray Bill 
standalone uh, series. He's gotten his, uh, you know, Thor broke Stormbreaker. So now he can't turn back into a human. So he's going on a journey to get Surtur's sword, the Twilight Sword, so he can have, you know, turn himself back into human at night, you know, so he can go fuck, what's her name? Lady Sif. Lady Sif. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's teamed up with uh, um, Scourge and uh, what's his face? Pip the Troll. And they're on this journey uh, to go to uh, find Surtur. But then along the way, Scuttlebutt, their ship, his ship he's on, somehow manifests herself into a hot robot who has been in love with Beta Ray Bill from, you know, all her life. And um, so last issue, they thought they, they finally went down the lake of fire or whatever, the, the pit of flames to get the sword. But, it, but instead, a big giant Cthulhu octopus monster attacked them. And it, now this issue, it's doing something to the ship. It's making uh beta ray bill live all like his most painful memories you know of when he lost his human form um when he had like surgery they tried to do surgery on him um uh when he's the last time he saw his mom um oh yeah there's a scene let's see uh this part when when him and thor first uh got into a fight and I love Daniel. Oh, he's too, they, uh, he's suplex, is that suplex? Yeah, suplex. suplex okay. Yeah, Daniel Warren Johnson's a huge pro wrestling fan, and if you read a lot of his stuff, he incorporates a lot of wrestling moves in his fights. So here's a <laughs> shot of Beta Ray Bill giving Thor a suplex. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Daniel Warren Johnson's art. His action scenes are really cool. But anyways, um, uh, he finally gets to the sword. He finally finds. The Twilight Sword, but as it turns out, you know, um, the did twi- they bring up the prophecy that nobody is supposed to actually touch that sword? Did they say anything about that? Yes, and that it okay. also needs to be proven in battle or something. Like yeah. every now and then, the wielder who has it has to prove themselves in battle to be able to wield it. So, of course, at the end, big ass splash page, Surtur, Surtur. and big I just monster. like, yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I love Daniel Warren Johnson's art. It's just so gritty and raw and visceral and thick lines that are just, you know, just really pours into the contrast of, uh, you know, the scenes and stuff. So anyway, I'm digging this series. This is another fucking 4.5 out of 5. I thought I was hoping it was going to be more of a bat, like they were going to actually battle this monster. But it turned into those like this trip down memory lane. So that's the only reason why I'm taking a little half a point off it. Um, but other than that, I'm this is like one of my favorite books right now. Shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, honestly, everything you said about Beta Ray Bill seems awesome. Like, I don't know why Marvel didn't do something with this character earlier. Or just make yeah. him like Thor's sidekick because he seems awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that seems to be Daniel Warren Johnson's specialty. He mm-hmm. takes like these outcasts. Like if you've read like Murder Falcon, which I mm-hmm. thought was awesome and Extremity, you know, he takes these like sort of outcast characters that are kind of shunned and got feel like they got no purpose. And he di- really dives deep into what motivates them and their and their and their 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 emotional, you know, turmoil within and makes you really give a shit about. It. Like here I am. I never gave a fuck about Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, he was always a Thor knockoff, whatever. Yeah, and I was horse you know, Thor. That's it. <laughs> yeah, horse Thor. I never cared about. Here I am. Like, wow, this is like the elephant man. This is like the fucking elephant man. Right. Damn. 
You know, <laughs> that's just I, it just takes that one writer to crack the code. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. And complete with this art, you know, it's just just gritty, raw story about this guy who's been fucked over, you know. So, <laughs> so. all right. So let's see. All right. Next book we got. I'm going to do uh, Shang, Shang Chi. I'm going to do Shang Chi. That's the name. I'm going to make sure I do the pronunciation right. We are not those other YouTubers, Eli. <laughs> We're not comics gators, so we're gonna not say my Shang Chi. Right. They call him Shang Chi. I'm gonna call him Shang Chi. I've been calling him Shang Chi all my life. I'm not gonna start pronouncing it the other the, the right way. Agenda, now. Right? Yeah, I don't care if it's shit how you pronounce it. You know, I'm gonna go eat a taco now. <laughs> go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, let me let me not choke on my water. All right, so, <laughs> all right, so like I said, we've been keeping up with Shang Chi and Shang Chi. The arc they're doing right now is Shang Chi versus the Marvel Universe. What we're doing is every book that they're doing so far is him pretty much meeting up with different uh Marvel superheroes. Last book was Spider Man. This one is Captain America. So that's how the book starts off. So. They don't. They pretty much just throw us right into the action, or pretty much right into the storyline. What's going on? Uh, they're going to Macau, you know, southern coast of China, and they're going to meet this game called the Iron Eighty Eight. Eli, you think that's a reference to Kill Bill Crazy Eighty Eight? I did, yeah. Okay, I, I, I just yeah, want to make sure I went on. I, I know. I, sure I, 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 that's what I thought of. You know, unless, okay. unless it's, a, it's a Nazi reference, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go I'm, there. I'm sure but, it's okay. not a Nazi reference, so I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's killed okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're going to Macau because there is an auction going off. They auction off one of the most powerful uh, items in the Marvel comics, and it is a cosmic cube. Uh, and right now they have three factions that are going there. You got Aim, the Hand, and Hydra. They're all going to bid for the cosmic cube at this casino owned by the Iron Eighty Eight. Uh, and they basically, okay, we're going to send a bunch of guys down there. We're going to break in. We're going to repel down there. We're going to go in there while they're doing all that. Deadly Saber, a.k.a. Takeshi, he's he's just nervous. He's just trying to get dressed for the event. He's like, uh, you see my necklace? How my necklace look? How my, uh, You know, we got to look fly for this. You're like, what the hell are you worried about, man? Like, this ain't a social event. You're like, no, this is a social event. We're going to see a whole bunch of supervillains there. I want to make sure. And we're supervillains. We're criminals. So make sure I look fly. When I go into this casino, you know, and, you know, Sister Dag is like, OK, so when do we leave? You're like, no, the casino's 21 years and older. You can't go. She's like, ah, yeah, stupid. So you're like, anyway, we need to make sure we look good. We got a reputation to maintain. You're the su- supreme commander, you know, of the, the five deadly houses. You got to look good, too. I got to look good. And we go in there. So like, OK, so fine. So they take a, a flying car instead of just, you know, book, break, breaking in there and just smashing everything. They decide to actually attend the event. So they go to the Iron 88 casino, which is awesome looking casino you know uh and they go in modok is there you know with hydra goons you know he like man don't high five me you know look at me like that and then you like like shang chi and brother dagger uh, brother saber you know looking you know like like a photo shoot you know stop pose you know go in there man of like okay you know uh yeah and you know so brother saber uh deadly saber knows all these folks he's like yeah i remember you you want to gave me that limp last night you know they walk into there they see uh you know, Madam Hydra, you know, Modoc, the hand, all stuff like that. And brother, you know, Saber just like, I want to introduce you to the new Supreme Commander of the Five Daily Society, Shang-Chi. And you can just hear the music just stops. They're like, wait, what? That no, not Shang. That guy broke my nose last week. You know, uh, they they got like an Avenger, some shit, you know. Like, dude, you chopped me in my throat last week, man. I had to talk like Alvin Chipmunk for a whole month. 
He was like, I don't even remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you know, uh, Manor Hodge is like, oh, I'm glad you're a good guy. I'm glad you're one of the bad guys now, Shang-Chi. Your father always had, you know, thought highly of you, especially when I had my pistol at his head. He, you know, was hoping you would take over, you know. So Matter Hydra just like this, and while all that going on, brother's dad, brother Saber just like, so how I look, my nephew look good? I'm good. So Shang-Chi, you know, because he can sense key and energy and shit like that. He can feel nervous energy from his brother. He's just like, man, what you worried about? And then he looks up and it's what was the lady's name? Uh Lady Iron Fan. And when he sees, he's like, oh that's why he's nervous so all of a sudden brother saber gets all nervous and shit like that anytime lady iron fan walks in the room you know and then you know they offer him some drink he's just like champagne he's like no nah, no thank you and then brother saber got a risk he's like look take the drink <laughs> it's rude if you don't take the drink but don't drink the drink because it might have poisoned it <laughs> you know so drink take it but don't drink it you know and then um well this shit goes on so modok comes in the room he's just like look man I'm glad you're super villain now. I want you to take some notes from me. Make sure when you're talking to your, your crew, leave no emotion into it. And, and that's the thing, Eli, does, is it me or does Modoc always like think he's Dr. Doom or Magneto? Like he think he's on that level. I think so. I think so. <laughs> he's not, but he think he like, shh, let's take the wisdom of Modoc. I've, I've, I've done this super villain shit for a while. So another dude high five, he like, man, quit high fiving me. So he blasts the dude. Uh, and while he killed it, the, the, one of the other guys sipped the drink, sipped the champagne and died. And that's when Brother Saber was like, I told you I to drink that drink. So uh, we go to the auction and everybody's bidding. And like, you know, Lady Iron. And that's the guy, his arm is fucked up from MODOK and he can't barely lift his arm. Two, give me 10, give me six, give me seven, give me 10. Who's going to make Give me a nine, give me 10, you know, so like that. Who's going to do it? And then the highest bid is 10 billion. And that's when Shang-Chi is like, 20 billion. Because he know nobody in the room got 20 billion at that much. So, but here's the thing. Going once, going twice, the hand says 30 billion. He's like, wait a minute, the, th the hand ain't got 30 billion. He was like, well, one of the uh people that came to the party that the guy that champagne drank champagne died. Well, right before he died, he handed over all of his funds to us, which gave us 30 billion. That was so gracious of him to do that. So that's how they got 30 billion. And they know that even Shang-Chi didn't have 30 billion. So Shang-Chi hits one of his cufflinks and brother said, like, what, what are you doing? He like, not nothing. I ain't doing nothing. And next thing you know, boom, Captain America breaks through the door. And he's like, party's over. Captain America's here. Captain America goes to work. You know, because he is the costume cube is in, in town. And everybody like, get him. And and Brother Saber, it's the same dude that got hit the throat by Shang-Chi a month ago. <laughs> his he's like, man, not again. <laughs> so, so Captain America, now, his name is Captain America. If there's one thing he loves more than the American flag and more than apple pie, it's beating the shit out of Hydra goons. <laughs> so he just goes to where he like, oh, yeah, this is right hand. So Shang-Chi just like, get your hands off the Cosmic Cube. He goes for it like that. Oh, I do want y'all to know that who will win in a fight between Shang-Chi and Captain America? It is not a competition. Shang-Chi is on another level from Captain America. They've had this fight before. It ain't no Black Panther in Captain America. Well, it's kind of, who knows? No, Shang-Chi and it's it, you know. So while they're doing all that, Captain America, they, everybody goes to Captain America and he just makes short work of everybody. He's like, yeah, this is, I can do this all day. Clang, you just hear it right there. Uh, Shang-Chi gets the Cosmic Cube, runs through a door, everybody runs after him. They go in the room. Uh, all they know is that they see Captain America knocked out and then they leave and then a smoke bomb just gets in the room automatically. So they're trapped in the room. And okay, so Cap Captain America calls in some other people to take them out. But while they're doing that, uh lady iron fan sees them she like yeah brother saber brother Han, shang chi yeah i gotta kill you guys for this you know that right so she got her fans and her fans do some kind of weird 
fan shit sort of like all over her and shit like that. So Shang-Chi just dodges. Cat got his shield and she's like, give me the cube and stuff like that. Slash stuff like that drops it. Shang-Chi kicks it out of her hand and then she tags him. You're not supposed to tag Shang-Chi. So that means if she's able to lay a hand on him, she's the real deal, you know. So Captain America throws his shield at Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi does his Captain America shit, throws it back at Cap, does the shit. They go back and forth. And he's like, if I can just get one hit on her, and all that fan shit was stopping, boom, it, it, she gets knocked out of shit like that. So brother, you know, uh, Saber picks up the, the Cosmic Cube, and he doesn't like this shit. He gives it to Captain America, but at the same time, he has words with his brother back at the base. He's like, why didn't you tell me Captain America was coming? He was like, uh, I had to make sure the mission was good. So basically what you're saying, you don't trust me. He was like, no, this is bigger than you and the Cosmic Cube. Don't put your feelings out of it. He like, I'm your brother. He like, and I'm your Supreme Commander. So when he says that, he, he like, my bad. You're right. So he Yes, dialed. Master. Right. He puts him in his place. You know, I am your king. You know, all this shit like that. But it turns out Brother Saber had the cube in his hand the whole time. He did a reality warping mind trick to make them think he did. So when Captain America, you know, was taking them back to jail, stuff like they taking a lady iron fan or whatever like that. Uh, and he was like, you really trust Shang-Chi? You're like, yeah, I trust him with my life. You're like, well, that's funny because, you know, it's a fool and a cap- captive is soon parted. So soon as Cap blinks, everybody disappears. All the bad guys he's kidnapped and the Cosmic Cube because it was never there to begin with. Takeshi had it the whole time. He was like, uh-huh. So while they get in the way and they realize that Brother Saber, you know, helped them out, which is why if you notice, if you look at the fight, she didn't attack him. She only attacked Shang-Chi and Cap. And, but she didn't throw a hand at him at all. But then while they get there, another mysterious dude showed just, just like, look, you're never going to be safe if we take down the five houses. Are you in or out? And that's that's it. Uh, next one, Shang-Chi versus Wolverine. You know, I think something like a, he finds out he got another sibling that's a mutant. Wolverine wants something, blah, 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 whatever like that. Still cool story. Honestly, Eli, this this series might be like my favorite series in Marvel right now. I mean, it's been that way for a while. I've, been, I've just been enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Lighthearted, fun, got some cool cultural references in there, cool action. I like it. So, yeah. Like yeah. That. So, uh, she, what you got? What do I have? Uh, we're still on Marvel. You're gonna do the cat book, right? Yeah, I'm gonna do the cat book, the cat's book, <laughs> the cat book. Okay, okay, I'll do Star Wars, The High Republic, number six. Awesome sauce. Let's get that in there. So, this is continuing that the Drengear, that weird, those weird plant monsters that took over the planet that, um, you know, the Jedi were trying to help. Uh, is it's an all-out war now big battle of uh these plant monsters against the jedi who have teamed up with the hut cartel so it's the jedi and the huts against these big giant plant monsters and this is pretty much just an action action story uh these plant the, the drengear yeah they can they basically grab you and they can possess you and make you turn into another kind of like uh what was that the the empire what was that fucking those plants? Oh, uh, the, the, the Katati. The, the, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. that. You know, they're kind of like that. So, so this is what it is. It's just you know a lot of action. Um, Jedi and the Huts riding Rancors, which I think was awesome. Yes, here here's a, here's a shot. You know, okay. they're, they're, yeah, they're riding Rancors and shit and fighting these uh these these monsters, these plant monsters, and it's just a lot of you know, uh you know cool action scenes and stuff really action-packed issue but skier 
the Trandoshan Jedi uh, master who uh, they thought was killed. It turns out they got him in stasis. He was possessed by the Drangir, and you know it's feeding into his. You know, it made him kind of turn and get possessed. And um, so him and uh, what's her name, Kiev, his little uh, Padawan. She's um, you know, they got him all you know in this stasis, kind of monitoring him, and mm-hmm. she's basically trying to bring him back out of the darkness. Um, so at one point, yeah, here we go. His the plant. Oops, shit. Damn touch screens. The, <laughs> the you know maybe I should start saving these pictures and do like you <laughs> technology. <laughs> yeah. So basically, his plant arm takes over her, and you can see it possesses her. Oh yeah, you know, it went all in her nose and yeah. Yeah, it uh, possesses her, and then they end up going into this hive. Like so, these Drengear, these plant monsters, they have like a hive mind. So her and Skier are inside the hive mind of the Drengear plant monsters. And, um, you know, they're having like a nice poignant moment about how she always believed in him, that he can never go full dark or whatever. And she wants to bring him back to the light and all that. Um, so basically, uh, they end up going to like the source of the Drengear and it's called the Progenerator, Progenitor. The is great progenitor. And is it's this like a this thing that's ever been a thing? No, this is like all new. This is all shit that's new in this High Republic shit. So mm-hmm. there they are inside the hive mind, sort of meeting with the source of the Drengear. And um, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was really cool. And so yeah, so this is a four out of five. This is that Kevin Scott who wrote it and he's doing one of the novels, like the next novel that's okay. called, I think it's called the rising storm, which also dropped this week. So this book that he's writing, this comic that he's writing for Marvel has been going on, but he's also got a novel of the high Republic coming out. So I'm probably going to pick it up at some point. I'm reading a ton of shit right now between comics and, you know, I just picked up the once upon a time in Hollywood novelization I was, right where, I was wondering where you're going to talk about that. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I just I just got it the other day, so I just started reading it, and uh, so yeah, I got I'm like swamped with reading shit. Okay. So, but I do want to pick up that that Rising Storm just dropped this week too. So okay. eventually, and I did read the Light of the Jedi, so I plan on reading that too. So, but yeah, this is a lot. I mean, I'm digging this High Republic shit. You know, it's new Star Wars shit that doesn't connect to any of the Skywalker saga, so it's pretty much free reign they can do whatever they want and it's it's been cool so i'm digging it cool okay all right so next book i'm going to do is going to be uh the united states of captain america number one of five so this is a mini series yeah uh, like i said for those who don't know this is actually like the uh, 80th anniversary of captain america like i said he's been around forever but now this is a thing where we're all going to celebrate uh and yeah this is the start of this book so we're just gonna just jump into it and let me see if i can get into it real quick uh oh first off oh eli we forgot to do that you got you got your poster oh it's not here no i don't have it with me sorry okay all right so it's, it's oh, actually shout- it's, it's actually yeah oh yeah it is back here shout, shout out to my boss shout out to yes. my boss i want to show you what he sent us this is what do we got yeah. here all right, is it upside down it's upside down fuck <laughs> There we go. It's kind of hard to see, but you can see that my boss sent us a poster. Yes. I'm going to put I'm going to put this up somewhere. I'm going to put this up. Yeah, because I actually got that up here. 
like the fucking cut the uh the what do you call it the um the oh. alex ross cover yeah alex ross cover that's what it is so yeah and i Love. think it's an awesome image it's a fucking dope ass image of all yeah, these we're gonna put them yeah like i said shout yeah. out to my boss he's always sending us stuff all always yeah. awesome stuff yeah so, and plus when i even saw that cover i was like that's an awesome cover so the fact he's yeah. a poster of that cover i was like yeah that's that's awesome yeah so i got my poster too my boss thank you you rule thanks for listening this is dope it's a cool ass i might get this frame i might get this frame I'm 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 seriously gonna put it behind me. That's what that's what they yeah. put it behind me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, let's just jump into it. Like I said, the United States of Captain America. What do we think about this book? This is a book celebrating Captain America, the symbol, not Steve Rogers, but Captain America as a symbol. That's what this book I, I took it as. So, and like I said, the, this is actually one of the alternate covers you have right there. So that's it. Um and just going to the book, it's pretty simple, even though it's a it's a lot of uh like talking to him and as a you know captain steve rogers having a, a introspective thought about what the what is the american dream the thing about the american dream that dreams aren't real people have in their head what they think the american dream is and they think they're and some people in america i think they're entitled to the american dream so when they realize that they aren't and it doesn't go their way that's when they rebel that's when they get upset that's when they outlash against other people you know well, we've seen yeah. Yes, it also talks like what you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast were people celebrating the fourth and what right. it means to certain people. And he talked about how they have a word for this idea of America and it's called Americana, mm -hmm. you know, but some, the white picket fence, you know, uh, that the, the white national, picket fence that, can become a gate. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. But that that doesn't apply to every American. Some people have come from different backgrounds and it doesn't apply to everything. And that, you know, I thought that was really profound. <laughs> and you know what, Eli? Now that I think about now that we connecting the dots, I just read this book right before we started the podcast. So that may this book may have been on my mind when I was thinking about the Olympics thing and stuff like that. Because I think I saw like a YouTube or uh YouTube video of Shakari Richardson while reading this book, while you know, watching Falcon Winter Soldier, and it's like, eh, I guess it just yeah. you know resonated with me, I guess. But yeah. Because yeah. that, yeah, because that dream doesn't get along nicely with reality. Other cultures, immigrants, the poor, the suffering people easily become, easily can become to be seen as different or un-American. And the white right. picket fence becomes a gate to keep others out. I thought, no shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that. that's that's some deep shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Casping bars yeah. right there, you know. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah but getting, getting to the story, the actual story of it, basically why Captain America is sitting there having a beer with his shield <laughs> that's how much he loves america you know uh now eli how many of these uh how many of these memorials could you recognize i, I want to say that's rosa parks i'm just saying but i think that was rosa parks dress right there i think this is what is this i don't know uh, i don't know abraham lincoln where he's getting this stuff from i don't know a bullhorn i guess uh that's definitely the, uh the sit-ins and he's basically saying like people have always fought for america even if they've never actually like physically fight they fight in their own way like even with sit-ins you're still fighting for america you don't have a super soldier sam don't have a suit you know anything like that you know he he's just sitting there thinking about what you know what it means to be an american i thought that was pretty good and he realized that how his symbol as america has been you know appropriated by other people because captain america means different things to different people some people blame captain america for everything you know anything sometimes things go wrong like 
they blame it on him people have turned him into a a toy commercial you know he's just merchandise and that's it yeah. some people use captain america the gatekeeper oh you don't know anything about captain america i'm a bigger captain america fan you, you know you see things like this you know yeah we purpose we yeah we purpose the symbol to people's various agendas i thought was another good line right or even this pay this panel right here is powerful like captain america standing between protesters and the military mm-hmm. who is he protecting yeah you, you can't in this panel you can't really tell you know, he, he's just standing in, in yeah, the middle. Of I it. honestly started to wonder if I divide more than I unite. Yeah, because you don't know if he's on the processor side or the military side. You don't know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but like I said, all that instrument, he just, you know, but then right when it happened, a dude dressed like Captain America breaks through the thing, actually gets a drop on Captain America, kicks the shit out of him. So whoever kicked the shit out of Captain America, you know, that's serious business. You know what I mean? Serious business. But all he does is take his shield and run off, you know. So, and when he runs off, he calls a backup and he calls Sam Wilson, the Falcon. He said, hey, a guy just busted my apartment, took my shield, ran off. I need you to, your eyes in the sky, find him for me, you know. So he realized that if they kick Captain America's ass, he's a real deal. So he sees guy and he's wearing his old. Now, people that don't know the MCU think this is a strike uniform, I mean, strike suit. But in the comics, this is his shield suit when he became the director of shield. He brought that costume back, you know. So he's out there, you know, in America. And we're like, look, Captain America. So the guy, and the guy is booking it. You know, the guy is moving. You know, Falcon's on his ass, Cap is on his ass, and he goes by uh, a train. So he tracks down to a train station. Uh, and when he finally gets to him, he sees him and he throws his shield right at the train on the other side that was coming. So it's about to derail the train, and he just takes off running. So obviously, this guy probably has super speed, I guess. So, um, Captain America jumps on top of the train, tell the guys, put the brakes on, slow it down a little bit. Uh, he slows it down just enough for Falcon to get in there and get the guys out. Captain America gets some more of the guys out. And while they're doing that, he sees another guy, uh, sees another Captain America running. So he goes to stop him and realizes it's not that same guy right before he's about to punch his lights out. Uh, it's just a guy, you know, he just said, I'm just here to help me, but he's dressed like Captain America, you know? uh so what is his name he's like what's your name captain america he's like okay give me another name before i knock your teeth out you know and he calls himself aaron fisher aaron fisher is his name and he's got a trash can that he repainted as a captain as a shield a captain america shield you know so he's like what the hell are you doing here why are you here and he's just like look only reason i'm here because my dad kicked me out for being me uh i ran off with my boyfriend my boyfriend did something else in missouri so i came here and i'm just hanging out in the train station because a lot of runaways are here and i'm just protecting them that's all. I'm not doing anything, you know, scandalous or anything like that. He like, I don't. And Cap's like, I don't care about any of this shit you just said. Why are you dressed as Captain America? He's like, oh yeah, because there's like a network of Captain Americas, like a whole bunch of us. We kind of like we never met each other, but we kind of know of each other, and we just do a little part. Yeah, while you fighting Thanos, protecting the country and stuff like that, we're just doing our part. That's all. We're inspired by you, you know. So. You're like, okay, I, I take your story for what it is. So help me rescue these people on the train. So while they're rescuing people on the train, he sees the red dot on Aaron's uh Fisher's shirt and he gets them out the way. So he realized, okay, something's not right here. There's an, a female assassin, and Captain America throws his trash can lid at the female assassin, also. Uh, but they realized they weren't trying to kill Sam or Steve, they're trying to kill that guy. So, like, okay, something isn't right here if they're trying to kill you over us. So obviously, something is going on. So um yeah so they just talk about over there and then so sam and steve are talking in the room and basically it's like okay so there's a uh a, 
a whole bunch of Captain Americas all over town. We need to keep our ears to the ground to find exactly what this other Captain America is doing. Because obviously we know what he's trying to do. He's trying to, you know, destroy my name with my shield. That's what we're trying to do. So we need to stop it before you do that. Uh, and, and Sam is just like, look, between but the both of us, he can't take us because we're like two and a half Captain America. Well, I'm like a one and a half for myself, you know. And Steve's like, you know, I got to go find this guy. And Sam's just like, man, just say the word. Like what? Just let me come. He's like, okay, cool. So let's do this, Cap. He's like, let's do this, Cap. So you got. So it looked like Sam Sam Wilson is going to suit up as Cap in the next in the next issue, along with Steve Rogers. While they go find the Captain America. Uh, do you want? Do we want to break down Aaron Fisher's thing, or do we care? It's just his like, or it's kind of his origin story and how he ended up at some prison camp for kids or something. Roxon was making well, some sort of yeah. Well, the thing yeah. was that I, I guess it was like a a build. It was like a abandoned building that are basically yeah. like homeless people. And the funny thing is, he was actually inspired not by Steve Rogers, by Sam Wilson, because Sam Wilson showed him that you know the symbol Captain America is not a person; it's a symbol. If somebody mm-hmm. else can wear the symbol, you know. Uh, but, but yeah, but Roxon demolished this building that a whole bunch of homeless kids were in. You know, runaway stuff like that, and they basically put them in another area, you know, uh, to get to basically move them out, you know. But but yeah, they're basically like an internment camp if you really think about it. But yeah, he dressed up as Captain America, fought his way out. Of course, he got kidnapped also, and you got Halo guy, Master Chief guy, whatever, Doom guy, whatever you want to call it, uh, smacks the shit out of him. He takes, well, he tra- ra- yeah, he ends up rallying up all the prisoners, and they sort of, uh, Making a make a break for it, yeah. Because he started dressing up as Captain America, and he realized that dressing up as Captain America made him feel more powerful. You know, it gave him confidence, basically. Yeah, and it also helped him rally up everybody. Like they all believed in him, right? Because it became a symbol. You know, yeah. So yeah, so these guys come in. He kicks the shit out of these guys. It's only like three of them. He beats the shit out of them. Uh, and then yeah, I don't know if he runs off the Rock Sun guys. I don't know if he did anything. I think he just like. Help the runaways escape. I think that's all he did. I think Roxanne yeah. still runs away with the shit. But he gets on the train. I guess they go on to New York. And one of the guys that was in the internment camp with them becomes his boyfriend and begin. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So Captain America story. So Eli, you, you ready to uh rant and rave about how woke this book was, like every other comic gates YouTuber was doing? Uh no, I thought it was a pretty standard Captain America book. <laughs> that's that's what I thought. It was like what, <laughs> people overreact over nothing, man. It was just a thing, you know. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it more because, well, like I said, all that shit he was talking, like Cap, sort of reflecting on what the symbol means and what America means and all that shit was actually quite deep and profounding. I thought. Yeah, I mean, so, it's no different from you know a, a guy that admires an athlete wants to pick up the same sport, you know, or your favorite yeah. musician. You you know you see a, a famous guitarist you want to take up the guitar that's all it is, I mean and there's nothing wrong with that Cap is like Cap talking about all the bad stuff he's doing at the beginning of the issue but at the end of the day he's inspiring people, yeah you know in the universe so nothing wrong with that yeah um, I mean, and it yeah. goes back to Cap Captain America was always about politics you know from the get go <laughs> he punched Hitler in his, in the face yeah before World War II so yes he's always been political yeah you know. so to bitch about him being political now is again stupid <laughs> okay so so can I can I bitch can I bitch you can bitch okay I'm gonna bitch about one thing I'm gonna bitch about one thing because I understand what these Captain America books are doing like I said on Gomer's podcast last night I basically said it was like Batman of all nations like Batman Incorporated when he just had oh, Batman yeah. on top of Batman so yeah if you want to make a whole bunch of Captain Americas that's cool but what I don't want them to do is just, you know, they got Aaron Fisher. You know, he's gay, so he's the gay Captain America. 
I don't want them to promote this shit out of him, make him go do his big thing every time June rolls around, and then they stick him back in the you know cabinet or the closet. I didn't mean to say that, but you know when when you know eleven eleven other months out of the year, you know, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna make him a thing, make him a thing. Don't just pull him out, you know, whenever it's time, whenever it's convenient, you know. If you're gonna make these new characters, promote a new character, flesh out these new characters. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's all. So that's that's, that's what all Marvel. That's what that's what Marvel does, and that's probably what's gonna happen. Is we ain't gonna see Aaron till next June. The only thing, <laughs> look, Aaron Fisher yeah. is going to be a trivia question in some kind of you know game show that we always yeah. do, and like who's the good Captain America, and it's gonna be twenty years down the road. Like, oh, I know, and that'll be the oh, or they may or some guy is going to work for Marvel 10 years from now and remember this one story, pull him out for an issue and put him back in. Like like American Kaiju. Remember that shit? Yeah. It's going to be like that. So <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I want, if you're going to make these characters, classic characters, don't make these characters just to be a sales gimmick and stick them back in when, it, when it's convenient. And, yeah. and for everybody, you know, who want more diversity in shit, if you want more representation in comics read this shit because they ain't gonna make it if you ain't gonna fucking read it right so everybody bitching about oh there's no representation for whatever minority you know there's no you we don't have any this minority character that minority character that's because you don't fucking read the shit read right. it or they ain't gonna <laughs> do it you know read it watch it whatever buy it support it or right. yeah they're not gonna make it and we're still gonna be bitching about this shit yes next year Right. And yes, and, and bitching about the book after it's canceled isn't the way to do it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Marvel canceled another book with the minority character. Oh, yeah. Because you didn't read it. Asshole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Read this shit. That's what I, yeah. I, I'm barely, I'm barely into the New Mutants run right now. Right. Barely give a shit. The only reason why I read it because Warpath and Danny Moonstar. Are exactly. That's I mean, the only well, reason why I'm reading it. Like I said, Marvel is a business. What it's not even. What do you expect Marvel to do if they have a book on this shelf that's not selling? Of course, yeah. they're gonna cancel it. They're not evil. That's just business. I yeah. mean, you gotta get the lights on some kind of way. Because your woke ass didn't support it. Go fucking right. support this shit. Yeah. Just, Watch it. Read it. Buy it. You know. Right. <laughs> Or at least bring attention attention to it. Like read a book and then bring attention to it. You know, that's yeah. all. That, that's what we're doing. Yeah. You know, like I said, anytime I see an issue, like I don't give a fuck about Green Lantern. But if I see John Stewart on the cover written by a black writer, you know, drawn by a black artist, I'm at least going to get the first issue. Yeah. You know, whether I like it or not, I'm at least going to support it that way. Cyborg, yeah. I bought every Cyborg run there is. You know? <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? I thought we weren't gonna bitch about this. <laughs> we bitch. We 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 become what we hate, Eli. <laughs> Americana. No. <laughs> right. Uh, what, what's the next book? Uh, let's see. What is the next book? I think my indie books. I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh no! I did the. Uh, I did the fucking Green Arrow 80th anniversary. Trav, what up? We see. We see you, Fat T. Is he? Is he there? Where hey, he, he said he 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 didn't comment, but I see I see he made an uh, emoji reaction. So oh. he hey, he said he lost uh, twenty pounds. He lost. We can't call him fat T no more. He he, he swole T. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just regular T now. Sexy T, you know. T, T Boz, call him T <laughs> Big pretty. <laughs> um. So yeah, I got the the Green Arrow 80th anniversary, uh, like every 80th 
every anniversary we've been seeing, it's just chock full of a variety. It's an anthology book of a variety of different stories from the Green Arrow, you know, character. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, Mariko Tamaki did a, opens the story with this, your standard kind of a, kind of a throwback to like Batman 66, just a little cute story of him and Roy. Him and Speedy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of just getting a, uh, you know, uh, going after a villain and using their weird different arrows. It's kind of, yeah, it's very, very, you know, old school, you know. Okay. Did the, the, the aeroplane and arrow cave show up? Gold, golden age style, you know, yeah. story. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. Tom Taylor had a really, this was uh, with Wildcat, the old boxer guy, mm -hmm. um, teaching Ollie how to uh, box. You know, giving him a boxing lessons like, yeah, you can't fight crime, you know, from 100 feet away. Sometimes you got to get dirty and you got to use your hands. And so he's giving him some boxing lessons. But then some, you know, some villain. I don't even know who this is, but he looks like a beetle guy let, or let something. Me, hold on, let me see. I, I, I guarantee you that. Let me see. Kill him off? Sure. Next. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably wrong, but let's just go. <laughs> yeah. So he ends up like, uh, like basically shooting grazing wildcat in the head the fuck okay yeah and then green arrow basically put takes his bow puts a boxing glove on an arrow oh, you gotta do boxing glove arrow yeah <laughs> and then Signature. yeah and then boom takes him out you know and says oh i guess you can you know use you know your arrows for everything and blah 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 and wildcats oh i got uh, yeah hey you're okay oh i got nine lives you know, so cool, cool. Yeah, Tom Taylor killing it again. Um, we get this other Stephanie Phillips, an old school, you know, uh, tale from you know the Justice League. Justice League go on a mission and they leave Green Arrow behind. He's all like, Man, you guys never take me with blah blah blah. Then while they're gone, a bunch of aliens attack, and then, <laughs> um, you know, all oh, white, 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 they look like the white Martians. Let me see that one more time. Let me see that one more time. I don't know, just aliens, no, look like the white Martians. Okay. okay, but yeah. I thought they looked like the fucking uh, king of uh, king and black shit. Oh <laughs> like yeah, the symbiote. <laughs> like, yeah, symbiote. <laughs> but then uh, Ollie gets a, like an air, like I think it was a uh, some bow from another dimension. I think that Hawkman knew about or something. In, in he, middle, yeah, yeah, and then uses that to like you know kill the fucking uh, aliens. So so yeah, I mean it's it's just a bunch of stories you know from different times, different uh, you know eras, and you know. Uh, the Green Arrow universe. Um, one I thought was really cool was uh, what's his name? The Connor Hawk. There's a story with okay. Connor Hawk. Is, is he black in that story? He's Mick, mixed, kind looks, of biracial. Yeah. He, okay, here, here he is. I'm just okay. going let, to let you look at him. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not totally white. They he normally has, make Connor a little tanner than what he normally is. Yeah, he yeah. he does look a little, you know, he's got like he's in got, the Arrow TV show. I think they just straight up made him black in that show. He's like, yeah, he's a little, he's got a little bit of a complexion. Yeah. You know? Um, but it is written by Brandon Thomas, who I guess is writing the hardware book coming up for Miles. What really? Yeah. Okay. So we had that. That was a cool story of him going out, and he doesn't want to kill. He's using like, you know, non non-sharp arrowheads that mm -hmm. are just you know they're still taking out and knocking out 
the villains, but they're not killing them. You know? Right. Then, of course, we have this uh, book by, what's this guy's name? The Grayson guy. Uh, what, what, what's, what's his name? What's his name? The, the, uh, uh, he name? lost me. Uh, okay. Devin Grayson. Devin Gray- Never heard of him either. I guess he was in charge of the, uh, he, was he in the New 52 or something? Oh, he's a character? I thought it was a, I thought he was talking about no, a writer. Writer. Oh. He's a writer. He's oh, a writer. Okay. But basically, he um, goes to, and now I don't. This is where I was a little confused. It kind of goes back to his Navajo roots because, as I understood it, I thought Roy was kind of adopted, but this kind of makes it sound like he was actually Navajo. So I, I've that. never heard that before. Okay, well, he was raised like you know, by the Navajo. He had a like a Navajo adopted grandfather and stuff. But anyways, this um. He's telling his daughter the story. It's a Navajo legend, and it sort of uh, parallels his life story of this hero from the Navajo legend left the the community and was raised by this other hero. And and then it's like paralleling how Roy was raised by Ollie and all that stuff. So, And it uses a lot of uh, Navajo words and language in it. So I thought that was kind of cool just for some representation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also goes into how, like, you know, indigenous storytelling is basically passing on knowledge and stuff like that. And so I thought that was kind of cool. No, but I, I never knew Roy had that connection. I, I never did. I always heard about I, I just thought he was adopted because he's blonde. I didn't think, <laughs> you know, he was blonde, you know, and, you know, I just thought he was white. I didn't think he was Navajo because he was blonde. So, right. Um, Unless he's Mohawk Trap. Oh! <laughs> That's an inside joke. Steph. Yeah, I figured it was. <laughs> Them blonde Mohawks. <laughs> I was in the Navy. I'm not Navajo. I don't get that one either, but okay. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, this is, it's just like I said, it's there's some, there's a really cool, uh, uh, the Jeff Lemire one does, uh, we had a, you know, him and, what's his name? Andreas, okay. Let, 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 let me make uh, a statement because okay. I got I got I caught flack for this. Look, I don't hate Jeff Lemire. <laughs> I like Jeff Lemire. I, th- I know I'm phasing out right now, but the thing is about Jeff Lemire is that I don't worship him as a god like everybody you, you just you just don't dick ride his dick. That's all. I just don't ride his dick. But however, <laughs> his Green Arrow run I liked. I read the entire thing, read the entire run of it. It has some interesting things into it. It actually, um, a lot of things from the TV show took came from that run. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I want to check I, it I, out. I, yeah, I've never. I think I read an issue or two, but I never like completed it. You know, so I, I'll be honest I, with I, you. Like, the Shang Chi Shang Chi run we're reading right now, very similar, mm-hmm. very similar. And that's the what I heard. I heard the story. Five and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this was he cool. I mean, this is popping up. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know. Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino, Jordi Belair on the colors. So it's sort of like a very uh, existential story about him kind of battling himself or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cool, cool art. And it's, it, it, it sounds like, yeah, it's, it's Lemire. And I can see why, why everybody loves Lemire, you know. Okay. But then, whoa, the last story written by Larry O'Neill. Denny O'Neill's son. Brother. Son? Oh, okay. 
And it's basically, it's not about Green Arrow. It's just all about Danny O'Neill's life and how he, you know, came upon all the stuff that inspired him to write comics, how he got into comics. And if you wa- look at, you know, there's no words and there's no like, blow you up. Let's see. there's no uh, like word bubbles, but his bubble, the bubbles, the word bubbles are images. So there he is reading a Superman comic and there he is going off to war. You know, and then of course, you know him. There he is writing, writing Green Arrow. You know, and it's just yeah, it's just told in all these images. You know, and but then the the ending where he he ends up passing away. Mm-hmm. I I got him. I got a little misty. I got I got to say, I thought it was really uh, profound. And then all the the DC <laughs> heroes. Thank you, Fatty. You're right. We don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> but here, this last panel, all the heroes Question, gather around his bed. Yeah, Superman, Batman, yeah. I thought that was because he wrote that yeah. Green Arrow, Green Lantern run right yeah. in time. Joker's yeah. there because he pretty much reinvented Joker. Yeah, Ra's yeah. al Ghul. He created Ra's al Ghul. So. It even says that there's a like yeah here he is, like typing away, and then there's a Joker. Yeah. So, yeah, he still he probably wrote the the best Joker that five joke five hands of what I can't remember the name of it five deadly yeah. venoms or something. Yeah. yeah, and it just goes through. Yeah, like when superheroes get all popular, like later on in his life, that there he is. Batman's getting popular. Then later on in his life, he's older, and all the superheroes are popular, and he's all old and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I I thought that was really powerful. So. So yeah, this was cool. Four out of five. Cool. One reason I didn't get it because I know it's going to be on DC Universe after a while, so I just agreed to hold it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be on there, so yeah. <laughs> I'll check it out then. Uh, shoot, what do we got next? What do we got next? Next. Okay, so I ran out of books I wanted to do, but since we ran out of books that I wanted to do, and I, th- I know my camera's messed up because I actually put that poster in front of the camera and it's throwing off my focus, but whatever. There oh, goes. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, okay. There he goes. <laughs> the, putting, I, I, I figured the post was going to throw stuff. Anyway, I'm back. So, Eli, I wanted to do a, a, a special book. Hold on. What do we got here? What do we got here? Um, yeah, that's really nice. I don't know if you're talking about the poster. Oh, he's talking about Denny O'Neill. Yeah, thanks to Denny O'Neill. So, Eli, I wanted to do a retro book. Okay. Just issue, not a whole graphic novel, stuff like that. The book I wanted to do. Okay, so remember in 2021, everybody's newest favorite superhero is Invincible. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about Invincible. Just have one thing about it. Uh, because Invincible actually appeared in a Marvel book one time. Oh, really? And he part of a Marvel book. Uh-huh. Let me see if I can put that on there. So, yeah, and the book he appeared in was, where is that in? A spy. Uh, Marvel team up, Marvel team up, I think number 14, where he teamed up with Spider Man. So, Invincible and Spider Man did team up. It is canon to both Invincible's universe and the Marvel 616. It's canon in both of them because it's actually like a crossover event that happened in both of them. So, I'm just going to just start off the book and just go right into it uh, with Marvel Team 14. And it's actually written by Mar- uh, Robert Kirkman, same guy that created Invincible, same guy created Walking Dead. So we're just going to jump into it. And spoiler alert, this may be a spoiler for people that haven't seen anything past season one of Invincible. There's some storylines that go past season one that 
I think Robert Kirkman pretty much said will happen in the next issue. So, yeah, let's get ahead and start it up. We got, um, let's see one more time. Uh-oh. Yeah, there we go. All right, so how the book starts off is um, we got Spider-Man basically fighting Dr. Octopus, normal fight, but the thing is Dr. Octopus is kicking his ass. Even though, and Spider-Man is keep talking shit so much, Dr. Octopus just like, look, man, if I could kill you just to shut you up, it'd be worth it just for that. You know, Spider-Man just doing Spider-Man shit, just won't shut up. And then right before he's about to kill him, boom, Invincible gets shot out of a portal and lands right into Dr. Octopus. Now, for those who don't know what's been going on Invincible's storyline around this time, it's because he was fighting a bad guy named Angstrom Levy. I won't spoil who he is. You will know in season two. Uh, but anyway, he shoots him from dimension to dimension and shoots him in a 616. The reason he's doing it because he's trying to wear him down so when he brings him back to the Invincible universe, he'll be soft enough enough that he can kill him. But anyway, he smacks Dad right into Dr. Octopus, and Spider-Man's are like, damn, I'm glad whoever that was saved me. I'm like, who is that? Was it Sentry? Was it Thor? Was it Nova? Was it Tony? It could have been Tony because that guy was way too fast, whoever it was. He's like, hey, Nova, you changed your outfit again? You're like, man, why are you wearing the, the Gambit headband? That shit went out of style in the 90s. You know, he's saying all this shit to Invincible. He's just like, oh, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I just saw this guy with spider arms. I just took his ass down just in case, you know, he got in trouble. He like, those not spider arms. Those are octopus arms, you know. Uh, he's like, okay, well, is he dangerous? And Dr. Hawk stands up, am I dangerous? Who the hell are you talking about? You don't know who I am? So Dr. Octopus throws him through a wall. And then when he throw, he gets snatched from the wall into another wall, he was like, damn, Nova's beating the shit out of this guy. <laughs> and so, and he was like, man, you didn't kill the guy, did he? He was like, but you said he has superpowers. Yeah, I mean, technically he does, but not like that. He's still like a regular dude, you know. They're like, well, yeah, my fault. I didn't mean to go that hard. And then Spider-Man's like, wait, are you crying? And the reason uh, Invincible is crying is because, spoiler alert, when he got, uh, Angstrom Levy kidnapped his mom. And he threw him into another dimension. So he doesn't know what's going on with his mom right now, you know, with Debbie, you know, and then they just were like, is she okay? You're like, I think she is. I honestly, I don't even know because he keeps uh, having me pop up and from dimension to dimension. So I haven't seen my mom. So I don't know what the hell is going on, you know, and then they just sit there and talk and they basically tell him about everything. And basically invincible catches Spider-Man up to own his life. He was like, look, I was born my powers. My dad trained me. Technically I'm an alien. And Spider-Man like, okay, that's pretty cool. Dad, superhero. Yeah, until my dad went fucking crazy, killed every superhero on my planet, said he never loved my mom, called my mom a pet, told me I had to join him or he was going to kill me, beat the shit out of me, and left. And Spider-Man like, the fuck? <laughs> you know? Okay, he like, that's a wild-ass story, you know? He was like, and then they go back and forth, talk about each other and get to know each other. And basically, Spider-Man just says, uh, oh, Spider-Man also says with other stuff you're saying, he like, yeah, a lot of stuff you saying that happened in your stories kind of remind me of my life, but we're not going to get into all that, you know. Uh, and then he says, I'm Spider-Man. Good to meet you. You're like, Spider-Man? What kind of name is Spider-Man? You're like, well, what's your name? Invincible. You're like, so what do you think? My name should be Webbing or something? I mean, Invincible is a dumbass name, too. You're like, well, think about it. You got spider power, so you call yourself super, uh, Spider-Man? That's like me because I have superpowers. I call myself Superman. See how stupid that sounds? You're like, whatever. Look, we need to go find uh, Dr. Octopus. We don't know where he is, so let's go to Avengers Tower. He's like, Avengers what? He's like, you don't know the Avengers? Like, you don't know the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Champions, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., none of that stuff? He's like, nah, I don't know any of that stuff. He's like, well, anyway, the Avengers are the best of the best superheroes. He's like, and they let you on the team? He's like, what the fuck that means? <laughs> you know? So, uh, so he goes there, he sees Aunt May and Mary Jane, 
and Invisible know who they are. He's like, oh, uh, are they the Avengers? Like some old lady and some hot redhead? They're like, no, they're not the Avengers. That's my wife. And Invisible is just like, oh, good for you. I'm glad you hit the jackpot. He was like, well, thanks. My wife tells me all the time. He's like, wait a minute. You're not shocked that I'm married to such a hot supermodel redhead? They're like, nah, you in shape. You know, you uh, you got a good sense of humor. You're not ugly looking. So it's not like you're a skinny nerd or anything like that. He was like, yeah, you know what? Invulnerable, you're my favorite superhero. Like, no, my name is Invincible, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then he turns around. He sees the uh, the Avengers. He like, nice shield. And he's just like, uh, uh, let me guess. If that guy is Spider-Man, then you must be Robot Man, Claw Man, Flag Man, Fabio Man, Batwoman, and Black Man. He's like, the and Captain May's looking at Spider-Man like, why the hell <laughs> who is this guy why is he here and he's just like uh yeah only reason i brought him here because we had to go find dr octopus and we didn't know where he was so we figured one of you guys know him and iron man's just like well they said something about some guy with spider arms going somewhere down the harbor so like well thanks and they leave and spider-man's just like uh and captain America's like you need our help me like nah we can ha- i can handle dr octopus y'all just sit back wait for some cosmic stuff whatever and then iron Man's like why did he always say something about cosmic stuff we don't even go into space like that like he act like we fight Thanos and Galactus every other day. Captain America's like, look, don't worry about Spider Man. Let him do Spider Man shit. You know, it's like the Avengers don't even really like Spider Man that much. But anyway, Invincible uh, grabs Spider Man. They fly. T- they fly to the harbor and they find Doctor Octopus who's just tearing up shit because he wants uh, Spider Man and the new guy to show up again so he can kill him. You know, so they fight a little bit more. Uh, Invincible tackles him, but he doesn't hit him too hard. But he realizes that anytime he punches him. His arms protect him. So he ain't really even hurting Dr. Octopus. Dr. Octopus is just still going at him. And so eventually Invisible is like, look, I'm tired of this shit. I'm, I'm sick of this guy. This, this fight is over. So he just goes right at Dr. Octopus and just rips his middle arms off. <laughs> like piece by piece. Karate chops him, takes him a piece, and that's it. And he's done with it. He's like, okay, fight's over. Police go get him. So And then the portal from Ancient Living shows up again. He's just like, look, I got to go do this thing. I got to go get ancient living and, and save my mom and spider-man's like wait a minute i can uh i can help out so he throws some web on his back tries to go after him but right when he goes after him the portal closes and cuts off the web and he's like well yeah that would have been dumb for me to do that anyway i would have trapped another dimension that i wouldn't know how to get out of so let me just go home to my hot wife and, and watch movies from blockbuster because yes uh mary jane rented a movie from blockbuster that's how old this comic is so <laughs> and the story ends that's it so like i said it was written by robert kirkman actually written by the artist of the invisible storyline at the time also so it was a pretty cool story uh, robert kirkman was actually writing marvel team up at the time the same time he was writing invincible so he was doing like double duty so he had you know he was doing a marvel book at the time uh it was just nice that these two meet. So like invincible and spider-man you're just expecting to meet they don't fight they chill out they're friends you kind of you kind of expect that. Well, that's what Invincible is. Invincible is yeah. a Spider-Man comic. <laughs> yeah, blood. And, right. And, and and honestly, well, but at this point in comic, Invincible isn't bloody. But later on in the book, it gets gory. Like it does shit that Marvel can't do. But yeah, at the beginning of it, Invincible is pretty much Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man actually, it you know, says like, "Damn, your adventures sound like my adventures." You know, yeah. that's what the point they were trying to make. Like you, you sound like a Spider-Man book up yeah. until this well, point. Well, Sp- Spider-Man is the the teenage superhero that juggles adolescence and superpowers and all that drama you know yeah and, and, that's, it, and what, that's what invincible is. invincible is almost robert kirkman's you know critique or love letter to that 
Yeah. You know, at first only, until it goes only like with, it's violence. only with bloody violence. <laughs> yeah, bloody violence and some wow shit, which I won't spoil, which the show I know will tackle or or may or may not. So uh yeah, that's that's all I got. Also book, I just wanted to talk about it. Uh hold on, what what we got? We got another comment. Is that Fat T? What Fat T talking about? Yeah, I still gotta watch it. Like I yeah, I've read a bunch, I have read the comics, I haven't watched the show yet. Yeah, the, the Vince show is great. Like I said, and and the first season like barely touches the rest of the series so they can make another 10 ep- uh, 10 seasons of this shit mm-hmm. and not scratch the surface but yeah that's that's what i got all right well yeah this is long okay i'm gonna just fly through these two books you okay. know my two indies because they finished up this week um two moons on image the uh the civil war era horror story about this native soldier mm-hmm. who can see demons and he fights them this issue wraps up the first story arc where they he's stuck in a in a jail and the demons are coming and he teams up with some soldiers and they big battle kill him finale dope four out of five (laughs) um he's a native character written by a white person and you can tell so i'll just that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) think we didn't notice yeah 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 yeah. it's nice nice to have diversity but it would be nice to have diversity (laughs) (laughs) we need a black guy call in brian michael bendis (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right and then redemption number five finishes up this uh you know the the you know the good the bad the ugly meets mad max you know uh the female uh linda hamilton gunslinger called the beast or the butcher she's a gunslinger she teams up with this woman who's trying to save her mother who was a doctor being executed for performing an abortion on an underage girl she's from an old wet or not old western because it's in the future but yeah this run by this corrupt sheriff who you know very very conservative religious fanatic and uh so this is the finale to that the gunslinger shows up shoots them all cool i really dug this this is mike diodato jr and krista faust they also did bad mother together which i also like this is that awa uh uh book so and they're just pumping out really cool indie books indie uh cool stories so so this was a five out of five i dug this so and that's it i'm booked out cool all right uh, let me just go back to what Fat T was talking about. Uh, haven't seen the show yet. Fat T, I will say this. This is my opinion, but I will say this. Out of all the comic book shows in 2021, Invincible, I feel like, is the best. Out of all, you can name whatever show you want to name, Invincible was the best. Matt, not only was that, I went on Comixology, ordered the entire run, like 158 issues, something like that. Read the whole thing in two weeks. My opinion, <laughs> probably, if not, it might be the best superhero comic ever written. Like That's I said, superhero. Yeah, superhero. I'm not talking about all this Jeff Lemire shit they got going on. Just superhero <laughs> comics probably might be the best shit I've ever read. So that's me. So uh, like I said, uh, Eli, I feel like we should do a Black Widow just only episode next week till the movie comes out. But we'll see. I want to gauge traffic on social media. If it's doing what Fast Fish do, like it's kind of there, but kind of trickles off, we'll just do a regular show. We'll just talk about it, just move on. But if it's yeah. like dominating... Yeah. And I'll get some donuts. 
<laughs> one way or another, somebody's eating some donuts. I'll, so, yeah. I'll eat donuts regardless. So <laughs> <laughs> whether you, you know, matter who loses, you win. So, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we will talk about next week. We don't know what we're gonna do, but we will figure it out. I, I think I will know by Thursday or Friday, or I'll just watch the movie and see what I got to say about it. If I have some stuff to pull from it, then we might do a whole show. Eli, if you come out saying the same shit Stephen Dorff said, we probably won't do it. Yeah, <laughs> just, I, yeah. If I if it, the movie sucks and I don't want to spend an hour and a half, you know, trying to talk about something I don't care about. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> if you walk out, Eli, and you say it's cinema, <laughs> oh, oh the shit, man. Yeah. yeah. If it's cinema, Eli, you have to agree we got to talk about it. If if, okay. if you say it's cinema, if I say it's cinema, <laughs> if, if you say it's cinema, we had you are obligated to talk about it. <laughs> If I go see it in the theater, <laughs> yes. If you go see it in the theater, because I know you're gonna sit at you sit at home on your ass and watch it on Disney Plus. I already know that. But if you go to the theater, no. If you see it on Disney Plus, you're like, oh shit. I should have seen this see in the theater. No, no, no. I gotta see this in the theater. And you turn around and go to the theaters to see it. We gotta talk about it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, like I said, definitely follows. Like, damn, it's a long ass show. Sorry, yeah, we didn't mean this, to run this long. This is an but, epic one, yeah, man. Yeah, that's what happened. We have nothing to talk about. We have everything to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely like, share, subscribe. Until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel. Woke up this morning. Yeah. You got yourself a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yourself a Yo, gun. Yo, I'm living in this time behind enemy lines. So, I got mine. I hope you got yourself a gun. You from the hood. I hope you got yourself a gun. You want beef. Hope you got yourself a gun. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want. So, you try to front. Hope you got yourself a gun. You ain't real. Hope you got yourself a gun. First album had no famous guest appearances. The outcome, I'm crowned the best lyricist. Many years on this professional level. What would you question who's better? The world is still mine. Tattoos rail with godson across the belly. The boss of rap. You saw me in belly with thoughts like that. To take it back to Africa, I did it with Biggie. Me and Tupac were soldiers of the same struggle. You lanes to huddle, your team shook. Y'all feel the wrath of a killer. Cause this is my football field. Throwing passes from a barrel, shoulder pads of paddle. But the QB don't stand for no quarterback every word is like a sawed off blast cause y'all lost off and i'm the black hearse that came to haul y'all ass in this for the hood by the corner store many try many die come at nines if you want to walk get it bloody uh. i got mine i hope y'all you from the hood i hope y'all you want beef hope y'all and when i see you i'ma take what i want so you try to front hope y'all you ain't real hope Yo, I'm the N, the A to the S-I-R And if I wasn't, I must have been Escobar You know the kid got his chip too fixed Hair parted with a barber's preciseness Brave hearted for life is return of the golden child Son of a blues player So who are you, player? Y'all waited the true saviors Puffing that tropical Cups of that vodka too Poppy choose toe up Wake up in a hospital Throw up, never Remember I do this through righteous steps You Judas thought I was gone So in light of my death Y'all been all happy, go lucky Bunch of samples, call me God Godson, with my pants low, I don't die slow Put them rags up like Petey Pablo This is Nasdaq though, in my NASCAR with this Nas flow What could beat that, not a soul reppin' Hit the record store, never let me go Get my whole collection, yeah 
I got mine, I hope ya. You from the hood, I hope ya. You want beef, hope ya. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so you try to front, hope ya. You ain't real, hope ya. Return of the prince, the boss. This is real hardcore. Kid rocking limp biscuits off. Sip crisp, get chips, risk wrists, I floss. Stick shift, look sick up in that box to Porsche with the top cut off. Rich kids go and cop the sauce. They don't know about the blocks I'm on. And everybody wanna know where the kid go, where he rest at, where he shop at and dress at. No, he got dough, where does he live? Is he still in the bridge? Does he really know how ill it he is? Got all of y'all watching my moves, my watching my jewels. Hop in my coupe, dodge interviews like that. It's not only my jewels, ice anything, plenty chains. Look at my tennis shoes, I ice that. Who am I? The back twister, lingerie ripper, automatic leg spreader, quicker brain getter, keeping it. Gangsta with ya. Uh, I got mine, I hope ya. You from the hood, I hope ya. You want beef, hope ya. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so you try to front, hope ya. You ain't real, hope ya. Uh, I got mine, I hope ya. You from the hood, I hope ya.